0: world's finest podcast episode 34 I am your host, James Doe, and with me as always is Michael David Sims.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Doing alright. Just the usual stuff. just Playing Soul Calibur nonstop stop and that's really about it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey! <laughs> so, Soul Calibur 4 is,
1: is good so far. I know we were talking off the air, so this is a little redundant for us, but not for the listeners. It, it's, it's a good game thus far?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got its flaws, as any game does, but... Uh, it's pretty fun. It's got maybe the best graphics for a fighter that I've ever seen. Hmm. Just immense detail. So, very pretty. Which Soul Calibur, which Soul Caliber? I should say, was it that I had issues with? Was it 3? Probably 3, cuz most people had issues with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: because of the uh, ridiculous most of the, I think most of the problems with Soul Calibur 3 were the the uh randomly difficult uh, CPU. It was like it'd be Stupidly easy on one match, and then the next match would just be like you, you can't even land an attack. Mm. So yeah,
1: let me see. yeah, it was Soul Calibur three, and that was discussed in episode four of Earth to Net the show. Hmm. Four, <laughs> four, wowzers, <laughs> wowzers. Okay, for anybody who doesn't listen to Earth to at the show, let me put it this way: as I said, that was episode four. <laughs> just on, uh, this past Tuesday, this episode's airing on Wednesday, this past Tuesday, we just posted episode 255. <laughs> wow. Uh, I knew it was an early episode, um, but I didn't quite think four, I thought five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's such a difference.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, those were the good old days. Or were yeah.
1: they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was, The show was certainly much different, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I haven't gone back and listened to any of those old ones. I'm afraid to. I really am afraid to go back. <laughs> it's it's sort of the reason I don't go back and listen to old episodes of WFP. It's like, I, I just don't know. I I don't want to hear them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like super old ones, not, not
1: just like... No, right. I'm not talking about like episode 33. I'm talking about like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5-ish, then that general area. It's like, uh, I don't
0: know if I want to go back. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Because every now and then I'll go back and listen to sixteen with our rants about the uh the terrible trio and, mm, and it's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is always good for a laugh when I need when I need one. <laughs> which is quite frequently nowadays.
1: Yeah, I hear ya. I hear ya. Um so I finally got a chance to see um Batman Gotham Knight. The so, uh the the direct video cartoon thing. Um mm-hmm. I didn't mind it so much. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I'm not going to claim it was like great, but I rented it for a buck and it was worth the buck. You know, I, I wouldn't go out and buy it. Um, cause I did have issues with some of them. Uh, I don't remember being all that crazy about the killer crack story. Most people aren't. Yeah. Um, the dead shot one was awesome. I loved that one. I think, yeah, 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 I did, yeah. (laughs) That was straight up action. Yeah. Um, I liked the one where Bruce, or pardon, Batman had that uh, bullet deflecting device. Yes. I thought that was interesting, and they did a good job explaining why he doesn't use it uh, out in the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the story with the four kids in the beginning. Where how all their stories tied together, um, the animation style on that one I wasn't entirely um, engrossed by, but I understand what they were doing. You know, you know, mixing the anime flavor with the uh, with American storytelling. Okay, so whatever. Um, but overall, I think it was a decent disc. You know, I, I wouldn't rent it again. I wouldn't take time out of my day to see it again. But I, yeah, I definitely don't regret the buck. That I lost, or the whatever it was, 80, 90 minutes?
0: Maybe one of these days I'll get to make it, uh, writing a review of it, but uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm like running less and less time here. Yeah, because you're going back to school soon, aren't you? Yep, in about 10 days. Oh, Jesus, your semester starts that soon? The middle of August? Yep.
1: Why so early? I thought college semester started like late August, early September.
0: I uh, don't know. I just, just when it's starting... I get off, uh, I think, December 2nd or something like that.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you guys are starting early, um, at least compared to the college that I work at. But then again, the college I work at, our semesters up until about three years ago used to start... uh, Yeah, the fall semester would start very late in September. And um, the reason for that was because... (laughs) This is no joke either. Our school wanted to be the fallback school, where if you got rejected everywhere else, you could come here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's the way it was. And finally, they decided that that wasn't a good attitude to have, and they had to adjust things. So now we actually are starting uh, like right at the end of August, the beginning of September, along with everybody else. And we get our uh, holiday break, winter break. Christmas break, dare I say. Oh, no, he said Christmas break. Um, you know, that that's the whole semester break thing. You know, because the way it used to be for us is we'd get our Christmas break, and that would be two weeks. We'd come back to school for th- two more or three more weeks, and then we'd get three more weeks off. Hmm. So we'd have two off, then back for two or three, and then three off. It didn't make any sense. Now our semester ends, and we get, like, five weeks off before the spring semester begins. So, hmm. But it still seems early for
0: a college, what you guys are doing down there. Huh. I don't know. I'm actually, but I'm glad to get back into school. I'm sick of just working all the time. I want to just, you know, have a change in my schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hear that.
0: Do you want to get us some email? First one's from Mike Blanchard, who writes, Hey Mike and James, I'm currently listening to episode 33. I agree with, uh, with you on most of the views in episode 33. However, the Little little Big Head Man episode was funny as hell. You have to admit Gilbert Gottfried is hilarious in the DCAU. Yes. Yeah, well, we admitted that it makes he's pixelated. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys talked about the upcoming uh, BTAS complete animated series on DVD, but I'm hoping that Warner Brothers will release Superman the animated series, complete series, and stuff like that, but I don't know. Hey James, I know this is late in saying, but the Boston Celtics rock. The Hawks suck. That's in response to something you said about six episodes ago when Mike asked you how you were doing and what you've been doing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the eighth seed taking the one seed to a seventh game. I'm happy with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I have found most of the DCAU episodes on iTunes, except Justice League, but BTAS, STAS, and Batman Beyond are all there. I will always have World's Finest on my iPhone. At this time, I've probably watched it more than 20 times. <laughs> Kat Matui was the character in the jail episode Hearts and Minds. Uh, she was John Stewart's first trainer when he became Green Lantern. In this episode, the villain uh, Despero does something to Green Lantern's ring, so he no longer has power. So he has to relearn uh, Green Lantern's moves, so to speak. I, I'm not even sure if it was something he did to the ring. I think it was something he did to his mind. I think he, uh, planted like seeds of doubt in his mind so he, his ring wouldn't operate at all. And mm. he had to, he had to get over it basically. That's mm. what it boiled down to. So anyway, thank you Mike. Uh, next one is from Eric who writes, Good day guys, chilling out, still, uh, and still smiling after seeing the dark night. Hey Mike, did you see the, uh, here I go again Mike, the homage to Tim Burton's Batman at the end. I thought that might make a gripe. I was also thinking, remember the chubby, crooked cop in Batman Begins? Doesn't he remind you of Eckhart from Batman? Uh, okay, 1980? Well, let me jump in here real quick. The end. See, I
1: don't want to talk about The Dark Knight for fear that some of our listeners may not have seen it yet. You know what I mean? Um, so, all I'm going to say is go to the Earth2.net forums, Earth-number2.net. On the left-hand side of the page, you'll see a link that says forums. Click it and join the forums, please. <clears throat> Anyways, um, yeah, go over to the forums. And I believe this discussion uh, was also taking place over in the, uh, the Dark Knight feedback thread. Yeah, um, it was. And it was addressed there. Was what happened an homage? Was it not? I don't think it was, but I will admit, and this is what I said in the thread, when that happened, and again, I'm being vague, I did think, oh no, not again. Um, So, yeah. 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 Uh, As it pertains to the fat, crooked cop, I don't think that's an homage to Burton's film. I think it's an homage to Frank Miller's year one, in that, you know, uh, Gordon had a crooked partner in that story. Um, He wasn't fat. I think he was actually pretty fit. But. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that the GCPD is dirty, especially when Gordon first started. And Gordon is the one that turned that department around. Um, and that's what we're starting to see in the movie. So it makes sense that he would have a crooked partner. That he's overweight, I don't think it's an homage. I just think it's meant to show that he's a lazy cop. That's all.
0: Yeah. Hey, guys, how do you feel about wanting WB... Or about WB wanting to reboot the Superman series, making it separate from the uh, Reeve-Routh series. What did you think of the Watchmen and T4 trailers attached to the Dark Knight? Watchmen?
1: Woot! (laughs) Yes, that looks good. (laughs) I'm still worried. I mean, can they get a 12-issue epic comic book series into a three-hour or less movie? I'm not so sure. I have a fear that the theatrical version is going to be anywhere between 2 hours 15 and 2 hours 30. Um, And then the DVD will extend it out to 3, possibly even 3.15. But, you know, so the DVD version may be great, but that makes me worried about the theatrical version. Um, So, I don't know. Um, What were the other
0: questions? The T4 trailer and what else? Yeah, the T4 trailer and uh, wanting to reboot the Superman movie series.
1: Uh, I thought the T4 trailer was, it was what it was. I haven't been interested in the Terminator franchise since Terminator 2. I still haven't seen Terminator 3. Um, I didn't watch the, uh, first season of the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles. I did watch the pilot, um, online. Um,
0: that, Oh my god. What? The, oh my god, the pilot to that series <laughs> it was just. Abysmal. Yeah it, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's reasons
1: why I didn't watch the series or the first season, I should say. Um, you know, I don't think it was. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was. It was that bad, but it didn't pique my interest enough to make me watch uh, the show. So the fact that they're making a fourth movie and that it's, I guess, is supposed to actually ignore what happened in the third one. I think is what I'm hearing. Nah, whatever. If I see it, I'll see it because Christian Bale's in it at the end of the day. That's it. What about you, James? What about T4? Yeah,
0: like, pretty much the same way. I did see Terminator 3. I wasn't overly impressed by it. It wasn't bad, but it, you know, wasn't great. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's hard to live up to T2.
1: Yes, that is one of the best action movies of all time. I literally put that up up there with Die Hard in terms of just, like, stupendously good
0: uh, action films. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I I have to give it a little leeway, but it just wasn't an overly great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh I wasn't crazy about uh Claire Danes, I believe she was the uh the female the female interest there. Yeah, I think she was. But uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. That's <laughs> really about how I felt about T3, T4. I'll probably see it uh just because it's, you know, it is Terminator 4 supposedly, so. Yeah. And I feel um, obligated to see it. Um, I will say that I am slightly intrigued
1: by the fact that it looks like it's a different war. Because the narration uh, by John or Christian Bale says something to the effect of, this isn't the war my mother prepared me for, if I remember correctly. Um, I think that was the line of dialogue, wasn't it? Mm. I think I could swear I remember that line being in there. So that I'm interested about. because like, Oh, what happened? So there's still a war, but it's not what we've thought was coming Hmm. so i don't know yeah and uh Uh, the reboot of superman right yeah you know at this point the reboot of batman worked so why not reboot superman i think brian singer uh pissed on the legacy of those first two superman films um i think he pissed on the legacy of superman in general I thought it was a terrible entry into the Superman franchi- franchise. I don't mean just uh, cinematically; I mean in terms of the comics, the cartoons, everything we've seen. I think it's uh, crap on a stick. Um, so yeah, start over. Forget that that movie happened. And uh, as long as the movie was better than Returns, I'll—I won't say be happy, but I'll be happier than I was with Returns. That's my opinion. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm listening now, and wow, somebody actually believes Superman Doomsday is better than Batman Gotham Knight. <laughs> Can't say I agree with that. Me neither. <laughs> uh Gotham Knight is a new story not based on any particular story material. Superman Doomsday is a 70-minute film based on the Death and Return of Superman storyline which should have been at least a two-hour film. I like Gothamite. The first story is shitty as fuck, and I'm probably and that is probably what gets people in a bad mood to watch the rest of the film. Killer Croc's animation was stupid. That is a great but. I had. The other problem I have with Gothamite is Kevin Conroy as the voice. I love him as the voice of Batman in the DCAU, but when watching the film, you're taken out of it whenever he talks because you're so used to his voice in the DCAU. Video.aol.com is a legit website that shows Superman and Batman, the animated series, as well as the Zeta Project. Uh... In the video, we see in little big head man that Lex, Jimmy, and Supergirl are laughing uh, with Superman and Lois. Why? For one, Bizarro knows that Lex isn't friends with any of them. And two, he never met Jimmy or Supergirl, yet he is st- still duped. Mike, you have to remember that Bizarro is a flawed copy of Superman, so everything Superman is vulnerable to, Bizarro is to, except kryptonite. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. get that. I, don't, I can't remember what he's referring to there. But, well, because yeah. we were trying to figure out why he wasn't
1: vulnerable to kryptonite. Remember, Superman threw the kryptonite at him and Bizarro just caught it as if... Well, that was nothing. the first,
0: that was the first Bizarro episode. Right, right? And I
1: think that's what he's referring to, but, and, you know, I don't remember if we came up with theories or if they were emailed in or whatever, but I remember us talking about mutated cell structures and all this and that. You know, so, I think that's kind of where we left it, where it's just like, okay, he mutated or whatever, but I don't see how he could be vulnerable to the same things as Superman Except kryptonite. It's, it's, I don't understand how it could be. Only that one thing. As it pertains to Luthor, Jimmy, and Supergirl being in that video and Bizarro not calling it into question, you got to remember, it's Bizarro. You know, here's a guy who one minute thinks Superman's his best friend and the next, you know, he thinks Superman's the biggest idiot in the entire universe and he wants to beat him up.
0: Oi, critters, I can't believe Bruce, Tim, and company did a commentary on this be- yeah. because they liked it. I'm pissed old wounds or even Judgment Day weren't given a commentary. This episode was very much an homage of the 50s where Batman and Robin would face Bat-Ape, etc. Because other than that, Batman would never face oversized mutated animals. Superman 3 did feature the evil Superman fighting the good Clark in a junkyard. Yeah, uh, hey guys, uh, you have your robot alert for Superman, so why not do it a genetically enhanced animal alert for Batman? Batman Beyond... <laughs> does further the idea of splicing, only hinted at in these early episodes. Uh, This is Catwoman's last episode, sadly, because Cult of the Cat was an ass of an episode. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you mentioned that Michael Rosenbaum plays uh, Luthor in Smallville. Not anymore, though. And he gets to play Clancy Brown's version of Lex Luthor. I love the great brain robbery. Who doesn't? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next one's from Christopher, who writes... Uh, as a lifelong Batman fan, I read some of the comics. I like the darker, realistic ones. Uh, my fave costume is the Dark Knight Whitish Grey. I also have a redhead fetish and am a Nightwing fan too. Nice. If they ever do a movie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal should play him.
1: What? What?
0: Uh oh. I have I don't know. I have never actually seen a Jake Gyllenhaal movie.
1: No. Okay, so, wait, wait, hang on, let me- let me let me go to IMDb and just pull up an image of him, just real quick, just to make sure I'm thinking of the right guy. And how the hell do you he spell his last name? Is is that the guy from Brokeback Mountain?
0: Yes, and uh what was it that movie about the Iraq War? I think with uh, Jamie. I think Jamie Fox was in the movie.
1: Well, you know, I'm looking at
0: him. Um... <sighs> is there a guy you you'd peg for Nightwing? Um, because I've never really yeah. thought. Yeah. There is okay I'm looking
1: at I'm looking at John Hall right now and I'll take back my what kind of reaction there um I see certain shots of him where he looks pretty cut um and he's kind of got a rugged look about him from time to time um but he wouldn't be my first choice but then again Robert Downey Jr wasn't my first choice for um Iron Man Uh so for all I know Jake Gyllenhaal could be a a great pick um who I would actually go with um I'm not saying, I'm not saying he would be my top pick, but off the top of my head, I would go with uh, Peter Petrelli from Heroes, and I cannot remember his real name off the top of my head. Um, uh, hang on, let me see if I can get it. Peter Petrelli. Let's see. Okay, what the hell is it? Is it is it Vigo something? Is that his name? Yeah. Oh, oh Milo. Milo. Milo Ventimiglia. Ooh, I'm sure I just totally butchered that. Um, mainly because. If what I've heard is true, he actually wants to play the character. So, hmm. you know, it, when you got someone who's, has gone on record as saying, I want to play that character, you should probably, at the very least, audition them. That's like, uh, a, you know, if rumors, not rumors, but if British tabloids are to be believed, um, David Tennant, the guy who plays the current Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, has supposedly mm-hmm. said he wants to play the Riddler. And after I read that, I freaked out because I was like, oh, my God, all he has to do is take the way he plays the doctor and turn it up to 11. Add a little uh, uh, sinisterness to it because oftentimes the doctor I, – I, you don't watch Doctor Who, do you, James? No, sorry. Okay. No, no, no big deal that you don't. You should, but okay, if you don't, you don't. Um, but anyways, the doctor, you know, he's really smart. He's He's this alien time-traveling guy, right? So – a lot of times he reminds people that he's clever. That's what he says. I'm clever. So that's the Riddler. He's always throwing it in your face that he's smarter than you, that he's more clever than you. And then you take the way David Tennant plays the, the Doctor. He's always running around. He's real bouncy. He can get a little dark sometimes, but he's usually pretty light. You just take that and you just play up the dark side, and that would be a great, great Riddler. So he's my number one pick for the Riddler right now. Nightwing... Not my number one pick, but the guy who plays Peter Petrelli would be right at the top. Above Gellin though. In his email, he also asks if we have a MySpace page. And we do. Off yes, we do. I have to pull it up because I can never remember the damn address. Uh, let me see real quick. I think I know what it is. Do do Yes. Um, it isn't a MySpace page for World's Finest Podcast, per se. It's a MySpace page for Earth2.net. And it's just MySpace.com slash
0: Earth underscore and then the number two next email is from marcellus who writes hey guys i just discovered this awesome podcast yesterday and i've What's already it called? gone through th- pardon well i want to know the name
1: of this awesome podcast you
0: found. oh he met world's finest oh, oh yeah <laughs> that must that must be it <laughs> i've already gone through three episodes it's awesome i'm glad i finally found a podcast that discusses the dcau even if i haven't seen all the episodes you guys have reviewed on your most recent podcast, number 33, you reviewed a Catwoman episode. Personally, <laughs> I love Catwoman. I was sad to hear that an episode featuring her was me- mediocre. A but I episode? To, yeah, a as a episode? Sing- singular?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much all the Catwoman episodes were terrible.
0: <laughs> Just Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know uh, what you two thought about the mini feature, Chase Me. It's featured on the Mystery of the Batwoman DVD. I think this uh, small mini episode is awesome. I love jazz, I, and I love Catwoman. What are your opinions? I have not seen it yet. Uh, I, what I have to do is either find a copy of the Mystery of the Batwoman DVD, because I have, I you know, I may or may not have downloaded uh, the uh, movie off oh. of uh, a uh, P2P network. Maybe That's just just saying, maybe I did, but and it didn't have Chase me with it. So, yeah. uh, um, have you seen I, it, Mike?
1: I saw it on YouTube a, like a while ago, and. I remember it being cool stylistically, but I don't remember if it was actually good. If it's, I like silent, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just Batman or whatever, Catwoman going through the city and there's a jazz score and whatnot. So yeah, you know, like I said, it's 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 on YouTube.
0: Okay. Thank you, Marcellus. Uh next one is from Aaron who writes I've been listening to all your pa- uh podcasts from number one recently and I finished Mask of the Phantasm. I had a few thoughts uh, about some of the other episodes of BTAS. When you mentioned Birds of a Feather with Penguin in the Viking helmet on the dragon, all I could think of was the classic Warner Brothers cartoon with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd with them spoofing uh, spoofing the German opera. (laughs) Killed a wabbit, killed a (laughs) wabbit. I don't know if me being in my 30s and remembering that makes me seem too much of a geek, but that's what I am.
1: And there's nothing (laughs) wrong.
0: I I run, I manage a fucking website that's that's dedicated to... Thirty-year-olds embracing their geekhood,
1: so embrace
0: it, brother. You know, real. <laughs> and you'll never you will find no bigger fan of the Looney Tunes cartoons than me, mm. and I will defend that to the death. Yeah, I, I am like I have hundreds of Looney uh, Looney Tunes cartoons memorized in my head. Mm. That just it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, anyway, goes on to say, uh, last night on Cartoon Network, I saw the Batman uh, Beyond movie, Return of the Joker, and all I can say is O M F G. <laughs> Dean Stockwell and Mark Hamill in one perfect little grown-up Tim Drake package. I almost plotzed, as Harley would say. Mm-hmm. Another, another thing was the doublement Harley twins were Harley's grandkids. <laughs> I wish I wish that when they did the Batman movies, they could have hired people like Deanie and Tim to do them rather than Burton. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. <laughs> I love that plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh thanks, Aaron. Yeah, there's there's been once or twice where I've been
1: writing something, I don't remember if it was I don't remember if it was a review or fiction, and I wrote plots into it, and I'm like, you know, I don't know if that's a real word or not, and I don't know how many people would actually understand what it means if they haven't seen Batman the Animated series. Uh so I, I ended up not putting it into whatever I was writing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, next one's from Austin who writes, "Hey guys, thought the last episode of WFP was great. uh I just have to say, for the love of God, please do not cover static shock. I sat through the intro of this for the first time earlier today, and it made me wish I never did uh the show is terrible. I am not looking forward to you guys covering this or the Zeta project, which I regret having to watch, but hopefully you guys like uh like you always do have fun talking about it and actually make the show uh watchable. We gotta cool. cover it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's in, I mean, that's the whole point of the show. If it's in continuity, we are going to cover it. I, we've gotten tons of requests of people saying, don't cover Zeta, don't cover Static. But I'm sorry, guys, we are going to do it. And like the email suggests, you know, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy us making fun out of it.
0: Yeah. You know, I Static, mean, if, if you don't Static like the cartoon. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people disagree, but Static is not a bad show. Yeah. It's it's just like the Batman the new the new uh relatively newer cartoon. It's mm-hmm. not a bad show at all. It's just different. It's different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I will say I'll give people a heads up. This is episode 34 and our coverage of the Zeta project will begin with episode 52 and our coverage of Static Shock will begin with episode 57. And our coverage of Static Shock will end with episode 67. So it's not that long of a stretch, you know, of, of us covering these cartoons that you don't like. But like, like, like we were saying, you know, if the episodes are really bad, you know how we treat bad episodes. We make fun out of it. We laugh our way through it. We even lament the fact that we had to watch it. But that's that, that, that's part of the, you know that's part of the territory. We knew we'd have to cover bad episodes and maybe a bad series here and there. But it, it's it's part of the fun. So yeah, you know, it just, really just, is fun. Yeah, just you know, I, I hate <clears> to sound cliche, but just join us for the ride. Really, I really hope our numbers don't dip when we get to Zeta and Static. I, I actually hope our numbers stay pretty damn level.
0: Anyway, what you said about the new set for BTS coming out, and I have to agree with you, without new commentaries on every episode, I won't be getting it. I'm content with the rest of my DCAU with the commentary tracks I do have for them. Also, what is your favorite episode of any show from the entire DCAU? Whoa. Please, for the love of God, do not say it comes from static shock.
1: Don't <laughs> worry
0: about that. Uh, right off the top of my head, Star-Crossed, Justice League.
1: Um, yeah, I-, I don't know. This is something I'm going to have to address later because think about it. We're not even halfway through everything yet. So it's been a long time since I've seen a lot of this stuff. As I've said before, uh, there's a lot of Batman Beyond I haven't seen. I know there's a few episodes of Justice League I haven't seen. Um, But frankly, I think World's Finest is at the top of that list. Um, uh, uh, The the Joker, the Batman Beyond uh, movie is very much at the top of that list. Well, for counting um, moves,
0: then I'll just go right with the return of the Joker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to include them. I mean, because it didn't say that did it's
1: did it request episode or. He just... said
0: favorite episode of any show.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, so episode. Okay. Um. Man. Yeah, I'll, I'll let me think about this. And in fact, I'll write this down. Okay, and hopefully uh, by episode thirty-five, uh, I can address this better. Okay
0: finishing up the email here. Also, the Batman of the Future thing, what I think it could have meant was that the European uh, distributors probably thought everyone in this area wouldn't get that Batman Beyond was a new guy as Batman and not Bruce Wayne. This might have caused confusion for fans of the series when the video game uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker came out over here. I'm pretty sure, though, not certain uh, that they did not change the title of the game to Batman of the Future. Well, uh, I'll end with saying thanks for doing the podcast and have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Next one's from Stuart, who writes, uh, uh, Here's an interesting post I read on another forum by this guy named Jay Allman, whom I've cited on occasion, who's a university philosophy teacher. He took the time to type out a classical philosophical argumentative proposal concerning whether or not Teen Titans is in continuity. I'm not sure if this is worth reading on the show because it's very long, but you should enjoy it. Uh, Whether Teen Titans occurs in the same continuity as the other DC animated series. Objection 1. Teen Titans exhibits a radical aesthetic sensibility and design entirely at odds with other DC animated series. It is impossible to imagine a crossover from this series to another that does not violate the sensibility of one or the other. Therefore, they exist in different continuities. Objection 2. The animated series exist as independent items, and we should presume that the different series exist in different continuities. There is no evidence of an overlap between Teen Titans and the other series. Therefore, we must presume they exist in different continuities. On the contrary, Teen Titans is produced by a creative team that overlaps substantially with the creative teams of the other series and uses at least one character common to those interconnected series. Therefore, Teen Titans exists in the same continuity as those other series. I answer that uh, the question of continuity is a highly vexed one, similar in substance to the traditional philosophical question of identification across possible worlds. That is, the question of whether or not Teen Titans and BTAS exist in a common continuity depends on whether or not we take Robin of Teen Titans to be identical to the Robin of Batman the Animated Series, which is similar in substance to the question of whether we take the George W. Bush who was elevated to the presidency of the United States in the actual world to be identical to the George W. Bush who was not elevated to the presidency in some possible world. The presumption in the case of the latter is that such identities succeed unless they can be demonstrated not to succeed. Therefore, the presumption should be that the Robin of Teen Titans is identical to the Robin of Batman, uh, the animated series, unless it can be shown otherwise. Hence, the burden of proof rests upon those who believe the series do not exist in the same continuity. In the absence of any evidence, the presumption must be that the two series uh, share the same continuity. On a related but logically independent note, I aver that the, lap, uh, the overlap of creative teams does not signify the fact that all the shows share Glenn Murakami and Bruce Timm as producers or designers implies nothing about a continuity between them. Reply to Objection 1, we must distinguish between aesthetic continuity and narrative continuity. The former describes visual and storytelling uh, st- uh, styles, the look and feel of series. The latter describes connections of cause, event, and identification of characters across series. I agree that Teen Titans and the other DC animated series do not exist in the same aesthetic continuity, quote-unquote, as evidenced by the storytelling tone and the presence of the more, uh, more caname uh, style of visual design and expression. However, it is also the case that BTAS and the new Batman Adventures do not exist in the same aesthetic continuity. The former is noirish and more realistic-looking than the latter, However, it is widely accepted that the two series exist in the same narrative continuity, such that it is the same characters appearing in each, with the latter continuing stories begun in the former. The proper comparison between Teen Titans and the other animated series is like the, uh, that between the Joker of Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures, the character looks radically different. However, it is widely accepted that the character is the same and that there is no narrative explanation for his change. He is the same character, but drawn and expressed in a different aesthetic style. Similarly, it can be held without contradiction that Teen Titans and other series exist in the same universe. It is merely that the common universe is drawn and expressed differently in Teen Titans. And reply to Objection 2. If this objection were valid, it would show that the Batman episodes Mad as a Hatter and Heart of Ice exist in different continuities, for there is no evidence, save the umbrella title Batman the Animated Series, to show that the two series uh, stories exist in the same continuity. The presence of that umbrella title does not signify that the episodes are connected. If it did, then the presence of the umbrella title, The Twilight Zone, would signify that all of its episodes exist in a common continuity. Therefore, the presumption that the series must exist uh, series must exist in independent universes must fail. I see no evidence that argues the series are not in the same continuity. Therefore, I presume they do g- exist in the same continuity. Well, wow. <laughs> I wish I could have written something that. That intelligent for like a college paper or something, you know? Yeah, see, I, I, in all honesty, I can't make heads or tails of what's being said there. I mean,
1: I, okay, at the end of the day, I know it sides with you know us that it's in continuity, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I don't know what was being written. I really don't. Um, so <laughs> yay for logic that goes over Mike's head, I guess, you know. <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, next one's from Mike, who writes, I sent you guys an email a few weeks ago about the DCAU shows being on iTunes. Uh, Well, I just searched them again, and they have added Justice League seasons 1 and 2, also Batman Beyond Return of the Joker director's cut version, and they also added the final season of Superman and Batman slash Gotham Knights. I plan on getting Old Wounds and Over the Edge so I can watch those episodes. And I've got BTAS, uh complete series DVD on my Christmas list. The shows look great on the iPhone I see. <laughs> and I uh I sent you last week about the world's finest and so on. Uh so well I'm gonna have to make more room for these other shows. Uh below is the entire list of what DCAU shows are on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series all four seasons, uh Superman the Animated Series all three seasons, Batman Beyond all three seasons, Justice League seasons one and two and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, I love having these shows on my iPhone because it's great for plane rides. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, I finally went and saw The Dark Knight. I loved it, except for the fact that I was uh, in excruciating pain the first ten minutes. Uh, damn M&Ms gave me a toothache, but I powered <laughs> on through and watched the movie. <laughs> I'm going back this week to enjoy it even more. I know you had mentioned doing your review of The Dark Knight with Jenny. Do you think it could be uh, you, Jenny, and James? Don't know if that's possible, but uh, I would be, it would be most enjoyable to listen to. Keep up the excellent work. Mike.
1: Um, chances are, it won't be myself, Jenny, and James. And this goes back to what James said earlier in the show, in that uh, not to talk about James in the third person while he's
0: here, but that's not really like, we're like a, a pro wrestling show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Rock says, um,
1: "Yeah." It, it really boils down to the fact that, as you all heard earlier, James's schedule is hectic between work and school and everything else. Um, so it's, it's hard enough finding time to sit down to just record an episode of WFP. Um, that doesn't mean I don't want James on episodes of Earth 2.net the show. No, 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 not, you know, that that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, it's not easy to get people to to sit down and record. There's, there's schedules to consider, time zones to consider. So we'll see, but I, I doubt it.
0: He ain't lying, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one's from Nate, who writes, "Hola, Senor Miguel and James. I just had a few things to say about 30, uh, episode 33. The Ohio theme park, whose name you forgot, could have been Kings Island. That's the only yes, one that's it. The, yeah. Other than Cedar Point, and everyone knows uh, what Cedar Point is. So yeah. The reason Superman pulled the just pulled the grenade out of the utility belt is obviously explained by the fact that he used his X-ray vision to look inside and saw that they uh, that the grenade was full of gunpowder or whatever the heck they put in those things." But it still doesn't explain the fact how Superman can reach into a police officer's belt and just pull something out. <laughs> yeah, you think she'd smack his hand or something. Like, stop it, you know? That's a, that's a felony, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody else did that, vigilante or not, and they're getting arrested. <laughs> because it's Superman. Oh, no, no. yeah. 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 When you guys talk, talked about the green goo that uh, Green Lanterns shoot out when they're blind, it reminded me of what happened in Tower Babel with Kyle inside the dungeon of the Parasites at the beginning. Obviously, he wasn't blind, but that was the first thing that came to mind. Any ideas on how that happened? Well, I, I think that's what—that's uh, kind of what I was referencing in, in our last episode. Is like when Bat, uh, Batman's plans for like uh, taking down the League should they turn rogue. You know how they went into Rachel Ghoul's hands, and uh, that's what happened to Kyle. He got—he was blinded. And he was his ring was shooting out this green goop stuff. So yeah, that's that's that is exactly what I was referencing was Tower of Babel. <clears throat> um, on episode one ninety nine of Earth two dot net the show, you guys said that you hadn't seen Lois as a newscaster. Well, I recently inherited some vig, uh, vintage comics from my uncle, and in the Superman's Action Comics ones, Clark and Lois are shown as newscasters.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. That is true. I don't I don't remember why they transitioned from um. Uh, uh, newspaper reporters to being television reporters, but yeah, he, I, I vaguely remember that era too.
0: Okay. Next email is from Chris. Writes, "Hey guys, had a few responses to the last episode. In regards to the emails, there are a couple of things. The discussion where Gotham is located is complicated by the end of the mechanic. When Penguin is polishing license plates in prison, the plates are Gotham plates, as if Gotham is a state." <laughs> The question about why Batgirl was in costume in The Ultimate Thrill is a nod to current comics. My understanding is that Batman has no rules about civilian clothes in the cave, except for Alfred, of course. In the cave, there's Batman, Robin, Batgirl. There's no Bruce, Tim, Barbara. As to availability, big chunks of the DCAU are in the DC Comics store at iTunes. They're overpriced, but if there's just one episode you need, they they also have the first chapter of an adaptation of Alan Moore's uh, Watchmen, which is interesting in that Rorschach was based on the question, but then became an influence for the DCAU question in turn. The episodes themselves, not a lot to say, other than that when we hit a stretch of bad episodes, you guys could do a lot worse than to give up on reviews and just make fun of the episode. <laughs> Get Tom Servo and Crow from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and you'd be set. <laughs> Finally, your mocking gave us something worthwhile about some of these episodes. See? See, folks? Even when it's bad, <laughs> we delight. <laughs> yes. Mike, about Sinestro's comment and brightest day... Uh, I always interpret it a bit differently than you. I never took it as him condemning us for being violent. I always thought he was calling us primitive, uncivilized, barbaric, highlighting his own sense of superiority uh, more than anything else.
1: It could be. I'd have to listen to the line again. Um, I remember what he said, but... Um, yeah, yeah, maybe... Uh, maybe when, Yeah, it, it is all about
0: context and this and that, so... I can see your point, though. The only other gripe I had was a parenting issue, and my three-year-old turns and says, "Why is he called Green Lantern? I think he should be be called Green Ring." Well, that's just hard to come up with a good answer for. After all, she has a point. You know what you do? You turn to her and you say, "Just enjoy the cartoon,
1: kid. Don't question." No, I can't. No, it's it's a very valid point, and.
0: You know, when, when when a little kid notices something like that, it's cute. It's definitely cute. Okay. Um, next one is from Aaron, uh, again, who writes, Sorry for writing so much, guys, but like I said, I've been going through your archives, and I came across a couple things. One of the first Toyman episodes, Fun and Games, I think it was called, you mentioned The Broken Mask at the end. I consider it an homage to the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical of Gothic Romance Phantom of the Opera. In the very last scene of the play, the phantom disappears, leaving only his mask. The assembled pursuers find his lair. And Meg finds his mask, and it fades out with her holding the mask high. Am I right? Also, I too would have loved to have seen a Death and Return of Superman animated miniseries. They have all the principal characters in place in the DCAU. Why not do a crossover uh, miniseries? A few episodes in Superman the animated series, some in jail or JLU, and a few uh, in BTS are similar. I did like the so-called quote-unquote Doomsday movie, but it just left out too much. Do you think we can appeal to D and Tim to at least attempt a decent homage to that epic story arc? No. 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 They did do really.
1: doomsday, so they're done with that storyline.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: I mean they're I mean, maybe in I don't know, ten years you might see them go back to it um for another animated adaptation, but not anytime soon, sorry. Yeah.
0: I would like to see uh like some Batman story arcs in like an HBO style series, but we've mentioned that countless times before. So,
1: Yeah, besides the whole Nightfall thing, I'd like to see them do... Um, oh Shoot, what was the one with the earthquake? Cataclysm? Is that what that oh, was called?
0: Um, yeah, Cataclysm, which led into No
1: Man's Land. No Man's Land, and then uh, I'd like to see them do that, where it was just like, where Gotham City was just plagued by one thing. Cause then, what, wait, wasn't Contagion around that time, too? Contagion, I think it was Contagion, then Cataclysm, then No Man's Land. Yeah, see, I'd love to see them like, start with the first episode, it, it like, just, like, two minutes in, it starts with the earthquake that just, like, devastates Gotham. And while the earthquake's happening, contagion's going on, too, because, you know, people are fleeing the cities, the hospitals are out of commission, so illnesses start spreading and a plague starts. So you can combine those two stories into, like, one long season, and then at the end of that season... The, you know, the, the, the people are starting to come back into the city, but then uh, it turns out that, because uh, they thought it was safe or whatever, I don't know, but then the, the government declares it a no man's land, so that's like the cliffhanger. For the next season, and then the next season, yeah, we get No Man's Land, where the villains have just completely taken over. Bruce is in um, Washington, appealing to politicians, so Batman isn't even in the city. So it's all about Gordon and his men, and Robin and Nightwing and Huntress and Batgirl and all them uh, taking care of the city. I think that'd make for a great, uh, like, two-season, uh, really dark, really mature Uh, animated Batman series. It'd be so cool. And then you could follow up on it with a third season where Batman is redeemed. Because, again, he was gone for a year, or a season at the very least. He has to be redeemed. The city has to be rebuilt. Um, We get Luthor. Yeah, yeah, Luthor could come in. Yeah, they could make that last for a couple of seasons. It would be really good. I know I've said it before, but if they did it in that same vein as that old uh, Spawn cartoon, You'd get a lot of viewers, a lot oh, yeah. of viewers looking at that, going, "See, that's how you do a very mature Batman cartoon. Uh, no jokes, no nothing." You know, I'm not knocking the ones we're covering; we obviously love them. But you could go even darker without it becoming ultra depressing, is what I mean.
0: Yeah, and uh, I would, I would even go so far as to throw out uh, Bruce Wayne Fugitive and mm-hmm. Murder. That would be mm-hmm. that would be a really good one too. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah,
1: and again, see, this is the writer of me, because you could even tie it to the other stories. Mm -hmm. Because what you could do is, when there's the earthquake, right, and then Wayne goes off to Washington during No Man's Land to try to get the government to open up the city and bring funding in, Wayne comes back, and in the rubble of Wayne Manor, a body's found, and they think Wayne killed whoever it was
0: and And fled the
1: city... To get a, well, that's what I'm saying. They can make it fast, but they can make it easy. He flees, they think he fle- fled the city to get away from uh, his crime and not necessarily to help the city. So th- there's your fugitive storyline. That, that That's your third season as the city's being rebuilt. So th- there's plenty of ways where you can combine multiple Batman storylines into one 13 episode season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's any uh, producers out there who would like to hire a writer <laughs> and writers, to to, writers, yes, to, uh, to to get something like this off the ground, yes, our email address is set at the end of this show. Hell, I'll say it now. Feedback at worldspinningspodcast.com.
0: That's feedback at com. Or if you don't want me to, as a writer, I, I, I have acted. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll be an actor. Please.
0: Please. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Okay, uh, next email is from John, who writes, uh, I have two comments and one question, and I'll make it quick. In episode 33, your most recent podcast, there was a moment where Michael went on a rant about how stupid the farmer from Critters must have been to be spending all this money on animal experiments. I had watched the episode the night before to get ready for the podcast, and I laughed so loud at his rant that I got several funny stares from people at work. What a <laughs> terrible episode. I understand it's a quote-unquote kid show, but even my seven-year-old cousin thought it was dumb. Uh, dumb that anyone would unleash mutant praying mantises on Gotham <laughs> right in front of a restaurant with an insect exterminator truck parked in its parking lot.
1: <laughs>
0: also, in episode 32, Michael was a little unsatisfied about how over the edge was just a dream and how ruined uh, how it ruined it. But I was actually relieved because it made sense of everything. Bane was on Venom in prison because Barbara had probably never seen Bane without his Venom. One thing I I, I had even noticed was that. Uh, Bruce, Tim, and Alfred are in the room and Gordon calls. Bruce answers the phone with his Batman voice. I think I got this right. Uh, this could be because Barbara is more likely to remember the Batman voice than the Bruce voice anyway. I just wanted to comment that uh, even though it was kind of cliche for it to be a dream or a hallucination, I was relieved when we saw it was all in Barbara's head and then did a big, huh, to reach his own though, Mike. And now my question, how long until you start reviewing Batman Beyond? I never watched it as a kid because I didn't like the concept of Batman handing over the cape and cowl to someone not previously associated with Batman. But I went out and got season one, and after watching Rebirth 1 and 2, I'm really into it. That being said, I was honestly getting choked, uh, choked up watching Bruce get old, seeing him out of breath, gasping for air, and begging for his medicine. And then to see the suits and realize there was no Alfred, it was a tough watch. Anxious to hear you guys review, though. Anyway, great podcast. Every time I, I see it downloading, I get excited. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Tom. <Con. laughs> to answer your question there, we will begin discussing Batman Beyond uh, during episode 39, which I think will air in late October. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I know it's 39, but I'm pretty sure it's late October. Right, James?
0: Yes, because I yeah. think our our uh, Gotham Knights slash Superman uh recap episode will be the first uh, maybe the first of october
1: it's the, it's like the first or the middle of october i don't remember exactly when in fact you know what i can i can do this right now hang on let me see this episode is 34 and it's airing on the 6th right
0: mm-hmm. that means
1: 35 will air on the 20th 36 will air on september 3rd uh 37 which will be mystery of the batwoman will air on the 17th of september and then, you're right, James, our uh, Superman, the animated series, and Gotham Knights retrospective will be October 1st. And then, so on October 15th, episode 39, we'll begin our look at Batman Beyond. So it's really not that far off.
0: And our last one today is from Mike, uh, who writes, I just read on www.comicon.com slash pulse that Diedrich Bader will be the new voice of Batman in Batman the Brave and the Bold. Holy shit that's not going to be something I watch if they're resorting to Drew Carey supporting cast members as voice talent and the only names I even recognized were James Tucker and Andrea Romano. Hello, what the hell is Bruce Timm doing? I know through imdb.com uh, that he's in post on Wonder Woman in pre-production on a Teen Titans thing, but damn. Oh yeah, and where's where's earth2.net episode 255? <laughs> yeah, that one was a little delayed. I apologize
1: for that, but it has been posted. It has been posted. I did a little computer tracking of the Haley Circus tour for the last six months. Seems that each town the circus played in was visited by a series of inexplicable robberies. Electronic items, like chips, micro-tools, circuitry. There's no way Miranda had anything to do with these robberies. She had the time, experience, and access to train the gorilla.
0: I know her. You knew her a lifetime ago. First up today is the Gotham Knights episode, Animal Act. In this episode, uh, Batman, Robin, and Nightwing are on their own patrols one night, and uh, they come across someone climbing a radio tower and uh, stealing a microchip from it. Well, it turns out that it's actually a gorilla, and Nightwing recognizes it as a gorilla from the circus he grew up with. So uh, the next day, uh, Grayson and Drake visit the circus, and uh, Dick gets reunited with his old friends from his childhood. And... He sees that the gorilla is just fine and is acting very friendly, not, not anything like the aggressive, violent gorilla that they encountered the night before, even though he's positive that it's, it's the same, uh, same animal. So Grayson also gets reacquainted with his uh, very good friend Miranda, too. So uh, the next day, Nightwing and Batman trace uh, an alarm to a car show, I believe, and uh, they get there and they find two bears just ransacking the place. Well, they eventually trap the bears, and the next day after that, Grayson goes back to the circus to ask Miranda how they could have gotten free. Well, she has no clue, because she swears uh, to heaven and earth that uh, she locked those cages. And while this is going on, a clown is harassing Harvey Bullock, and uh, he'll come into play uh, shortly, the clown, I mean. Uh, so that night, Batman ever so rudely sneaks into Grayson's loft and shows a, a security video of the bears from the night before punching in codes to a, in, uh, into a terminal, which allowed them to get into that car show, which kind of, you know, leads them to think, hmm, this is too smart for an animal to be doing. <laughs> they obviously must be under mind control. And when you think Batman and mind control, obviously, who comes to mind but the Mad Hatter? So Hatter is apparently able to control the uh, uh, control animal brains from great distances, and uh, as opposed to human brains, which he can only control within a very strict radius. Um and this is why he's been using animals to commit crimes for him because he can control them from so so far away. Well Miranda catches him in his clown garb, uh messing with the lions, and uh Hatter ensnares her in her in her pet python. So Batman and Nightwing then have to deal with uh Hatter, his mind controlled animals, and the circus performers who are also under his control. And that's about it. As I ask so often, why does Mad Hatter get such subpar episodes? I don't know, he
1: really he really could be an excellent character with some great stories behind him, and he does get the short end of the stick. Um, I personally, I don't think this episode's like terrible. No, um, no, my grader is going to reflect that too. It's- yeah, and I, I may be a little biased because this is a Dick Grayson episode. It's a Nightwing episode. Um, I think it's animated well, but overall, the story is just sort of like, really, that's the best you could come up with. It's that sort of kind of episode.
0: Um, and my big, really, my big question doesn't even necessarily have to do with this episode. It's, you know, why are Bruce and Dick getting along so well at the end of the episode when old wounds happens after this? Yeah. It makes no sense at all for them to be just, you know, chumming it up and laughing about Tim Drake's misfortune of having to work for a week at the circus shoveling, uh, animal crap. Yeah. And, uh. And the, and the thing, and furthermore, they were showing some of their inherent dislike of each other in the middle of this episode. So mm. I'm I'm wondering if this is supposed to have happened after old wounds. I don't know,
1: I don't know, but yeah, I I was I was picking up on that too because the episode starts off with them on the rooftop and Nightwing shows up and Batman gets on his case about how he needs to practice his stealth skills because he heard him coming halfway across the roof, um, and. So right there, you understand things are very tense between them, and then as you said, as we get to the middle of the episode, Batman shows up in Nightwing's loft, and it's it's not a, a a loving relationship that those two are having right there. It isn't like, oh, come here, Dad, let me give you a hug, type of thing. Dick's basically like, get out, and Batman's just standing there being indignant, like, I'm not getting out, you stupid bastard, you know? That that's the yeah. kind of tension that's going on. And then you're right at the end. It's all jokey. Ha ha ha, look at look at Tim shoveling crap. Like like, okay, what what happened? How 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 did they start getting along? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that opening dialogue, that you know, that whole thing that I heard you coming halfway across the roof, that's actually the startup noise for my computer. Really? That, that that whole exchange. Um and it's that's been the startup noise of my computer for at least five years. And so through mm, probably actually six years, so that's that's been the startup noise for three different computers of mine. <laughs> it, it's gotten to the point where when I'm starting up my computer, Jenny will walk in the room and if she hears it. She is is reciting the dialogue along with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it actually it's very apropos for like turning your computer on. It's like mm. your computer talking to you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, uh,
1: but anyways, what else about this a- episode here?
0: Um. Uh, another question I have is, well, I don't know, maybe, okay, I'm just going to ask it out, uh, and then maybe you can explain it for me. How did Miranda not deduce that he was Nightwing?
1: That's a good question, because he calls, uh, either the lion or the, ti- there
0: was a lion and a tiger
1: at the end, right? Or was it, or was it a lion and a lioness? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was a lion and a lioness. Okay, but he calls one of the animals by its name, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure he calls it by its name right in front of her. And this is before she's being mind-controlled. She's got the chip on her head, but she's not being mind-controlled yet. And she never questions it. She's never like, wait, he's got the same build as Grayson. He's got the, the same mullet, voice as the Grayson, mullet. the same mullet, and he knows this creature's name. Like, how how hard is that to figure out who it is? <laughs> um, I would have liked just a little something where she looks at him, and just sort of like winks, like your secret's okay with me, dick. you know we're 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 buddies, don't worry um it, it you didn't even need any dialogue, just her giving him a little glance, like, oh, I get it, okay, no big deal.
0: I don't have a ton of notes, but I mean, I've got a few more, but what do you think about this episode overall besides the fact that it's very remarkably average?
1: yeah, you know it it has it has its bright spots, like i said I, I dig the animation in this one. Um, I dig seeing the tension between uh, uh, Dick and Bruce, or more accurately, Batman and Nightwing. Because as you said, by the end, everything's hunky-dory. Um, but I think my favorite thing about this one, and it's something you'll see th- uh, throughout these Gotham Knights episodes, is the relationship between Tim and Dick. It's very big brotherly. And yes. I like that, you know, every so often it looks like Dick is taking Tim under his wing um, because he himself grew up as Robin under Batman's tutelage and he sees how it messed him up and he can't stop Tim from being Robin, but he can show him there's a better way to do things, that things don't have to be all dark, that you don't always have to listen to Batman, that you don't have to take his abuse, Um and... I I like that. I really do. Because we see it here. We see it in Old Wounds, which is coming up. Um, In that episode, uh, uh, Dick grabs uh, uh, Robin's cape and he says something like, this isn't exactly a normal life, you know. Trying to get it into his head like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. You know, that's Dick basically saying, look, I'm stuck in this situation. I can't get out of it. You, you've only been doing it for a little while. Stop it. You can still live with Bruce, but you don't have to be doing this. Um, and you know, the, the end really fit into that relationship where Dick pulled some strings and he's got his quote unquote little brother doing a really no pun intended shitty job. I love that. Cause that's something you can imagine a big brother doing to, to a little brother. Oh, it must oh, yeah. been cool growing up in a circus. Oh, you think so? Really? Okay. You're going to spend a week working in the circus, you know, <laughs> have fun. Well, yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, it's. Watching that relationship grow is what I'm enjoying the most. Um, and I think this episode really, uh, hit it on the head because going back to these episodes, that wasn't something, um, I expected to see. I completely forgot about the relationship between Tim and Dick. I knew they, they had a couple of conversations here and there, but I didn't remember it being this kind of brotherly. Um, so discovering that all these years all these years later is giving these episodes uh, a lot of rewatchability, if you will.
0: Oh yeah. And uh you spoke about the animation. The I think the animation in the, the all all of the Gotham Knights episodes we're covering today is fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, not so much in the Superman episodes, but more no. on that later. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, the Gotham Knights episode is very, very crisp, and uh, I was very impressed. I think Old Wounds had the best obviously but uh yeah i, I have it's a couple not so bad here either
1: no no i have a couple of gripes about some of the uh fight sequences in old wounds but we'll get to that uh i don't know in a little while um but either way you're right the, the batman episodes we're covering today all look really good um i really liked how the animals looked in this one too
0: Especially um the bears.
1: yeah the bears looked good um cuz it it can't be easy to animate animals it just can't be um but but yeah just just watching those two bears fight batman and I almost said robin batman and nightwing um and then i love that sequence when uh nightwing kicks that barrel at the bear and the bear just starts doing a circus act on the barrel yes. <laughs> and he's like i wonder where you learned that from <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah it kind of makes sense the bear might be being mind controlled but it still has some talents that have been well, I gotta say, beaten into it that that it's gonna fall back on for uh, survival, because that's what it was doing right there it was just surviving, so it was funny I'm gonna kill you, Nightwing, oh, I gotta dance in this barrel for a second, okay, now I'm gonna jump off and kill (laughs) you
0: That's nice, because Batman uh, before that scene had said uh, was beating it into uh, into Grayson's head that, that, uh, you know yeah, you knew this woman you don't know her now and uh that he's now he's finally got the seeds of doubt. Uh-oh, maybe she isn't or maybe she is like using these animals for her own means, but yeah. You know, of course we find out it's Mad Hatter, but still Mhm. Uh-huh. Um
1: speaking of that scene with with the bears, um w- what I really liked about that scene and besides the animation, besides the bear dancing on the barrel, um was how Nightwing and Batman started working together as Batman and Robin used to. And, you know, they they worked together for so many years that they know, you know, they, they each know what to do in this situation. You know, Batman's got that fire hose, and Nightwing knows how to save Batman, where all he has to say is, now, or whatever he said. What was it? Okay, now. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay, now. And Batman knew what Nightwing was going to do, and Nightwing knew how to save his mentor, so it was it was neat. Like even in the thick of things, even when they're not getting along, they can still fall back on uh, their old training and get along enough to save each other's asses.
0: Actually, another thing I liked about the uh, the bear scene was uh, when Batman subdues the first bear with the uh, the the lift, the car lift. Uh, he's hanging from the controller like a grapple gun, <laughs> with the like his cape folded over his shoulder and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like haha, I am the Batman, and I just beat. <laughs> I beat your ass with a car. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, that was a funny little moment. I have to ask something.
1: At the end, Hatter's back is broken, right? His spine is shattered. Oh, my God. He's never going to walk again, right?
0: (laughs) The whole whole time I'm sitting there, I'm watching this gorilla just jump up and down on his pelvis. I'm thinking to myself, okay, one, his pelvis has been turned into dust, and uh, two... His uh, his package is completely squished. <laughs> so yeah, he ain't walking or reproducing ever.
1: Does does the Mad Hatter ever come back after this?
0: No. No, not not in Gotham Knights. Not in, he's not used in Justice League at all. No, he's not. Unfortunately, he's not in Justice League. But uh, I don't I don't even remember even a cameo that he comes in in the rest of Gotham Knights. See, so there you go. There you go. That was it for him. They destroyed his <laughs> spine, his pelvis, all of that.
1: He's He's at Arkham still, just sitting there in his chair, you know, mumbling his riddles—or not, not his, his nursery rhymes, I should say. Yeah. So, um, there was something else I wanted to say about this
0: one, and it—I mean, I can't remember what it was. Shoot. There's kind of an inconsistency when the uh, when Batman and uh, Robin, right? No, it's sorry. hard. Batman it's hard Nightwing. not to say it. Yeah. Yeah, when Batman and Nightwing are uh, fighting with the circus performers who are under Hatter's control, um, the, the fire spitter. He spits fire at Nightwing's uh, rope, and it burns through it immediately. Mm-hmm. And and then, okay, that's nonsensical enough in and of itself. But then, uh, right after that, he spits fire, and it and it it just singes Hatter's hat, even <laughs> though it gets like just roasted. But all, it, all it, it's just a couple little flames on it, and it just barely gets kind of singed. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I know fire is hard to animate, but at least be consistent with it.
1: Another thing I liked about this one was that Hatter is once again controlling animals. Because if you remember, in his very first appearance, he was testing out his technology on mice. Yes. And since then, I don't think we've seen him control animals, have we? No. Yeah, it's it's always been people, so it was nice to see him go back to using animals. Um, mostly because, yeah, it's a throwback, but really because it allows for a bit of a twist. Because, you, you know... You don't know it's mind control right away. If we saw it was people doing these things, instantly you know it's the Mad Hatter. But it's animals. So they set us up with this red herring. Oh, could it be Miranda Kane? Oh, no, it's not. So who it is? Oh, it's the clown who turns out to be the Mad Hatter. So I like that because I actually didn't remember that the clown was Mad Hatter. It wasn't until the scene where the clown was messing around with Bullock. Yeah. With this police car. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now remembering that's Hatter. And I'm like, that was a nice little swerve they gave us there. Mm hmm.
0: And, uh, might I say that scene with Bullock and the, the clown is quite funny. Mm
1: hmm. <laughs> right?
0: It is. Hatter is, is mocking every motion that Bullock does. <laughs> I see, especially when he pulls out the sausage. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does Bullock plot? The handcuffs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been funnier if Bullock grabbed those sausages, like, give me those. <laughs> but that would have been a little creepy, because they're in that guy's
0: pants. Yeah. Um,
1: see, you know, as, as much as we kind of gripe about this one, not having a great story and, and this and that, I honestly don't know how they could have made it better either, though.
0: No. It you is know, what it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's It's there. It's not bad. It's a little better than average, I would say. You know, but sometimes if you look at an episode that fails or isn't as good as it could have been, you can say, okay, this is what they could have done to made it better. This, this, this was their missteps, or I should say, these were their missteps. <laughs> yes. I have a college degree. <laughs> you don't say, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> but anyways, you know, this is one of those where it's just like, I honestly don't know what they could have done to made, to have made this episode any better. You know, it's it's not so bad that I wish they didn't produce it. It it it's in the middle. It's it's sort of fun to watch, especially if you're a fan of Nightwing and you and you uh, and you're interested in seeing him go back to the circus and um you want to see his relationship with with Bruce change a little and you want to see his relationship with uh, uh Tim grow a little. It, it's all there, but it's it's almost like all that stuff is more important. Than who the villain is and why he's doing it. Because do we even know what Hatter's? Why
0: Hatter's stealing this stuff? Yeah, never even said, is it? No, it's never told why he's stealing. I mean, of course, he's stealing stuff that he normally steals: microchips, computers, stuff like that. But we never. But there's no grand
1: scheme.
0: Yeah. Right. It's it's just like, oh look, here's what he's stealing.
1: Okay, well, what is he making? So it's, the whole story with the villain is is actually the B story, and the A story is Dick going back to the circus and meeting up with Miranda and having to deal with Batman and the new Robin. That's the A story, and I as, as much as I like that I like that A story, I, if, I wish they would have reversed it just a little to give to give Hatter a little more respect, especially since this was according to you his, his last appearance. It would have been nice for him to get one more one, you know, a good a good send-off is what I'm trying to say before you know, thinking, we moved beyond him.
0: I was going to say, now that I'm thinking about it, he might, maybe he comes back in Judgment Day, you know, the last episode of the series, but... Oh, okay. Because, you know, we have a lot of villains being chased after by the judge, but I don't know if he's one of them. How's he doing? I think he's alright. Paramedics are on their way.
1: Got time for a statement, Superman?
0: You wouldn't want it.
1: Thanks for your help, Jimmy.
0: Cut. Hey, Elson. you're friends with Superman, right? Want to do an interview? Uh, I don't think I'd be real comfortable with that. Why not? Camera shy? No, but it's not like I'd call us pals or anything.
1: Well, you know him, right?
0: Yeah. That's good enough for me. So how would you characterize your friendship with Superman? Real comfortable. I'd call us pals. There you have it. Superman has a pal. My investigative team has uncovered link after link between the Man of Steel and James Olsen Jr. Jimmy to his friends. According to our research, you single-handedly saved Superman's skin from both the Parasite and Luminous. Plus, we're told you went undercover at his request to crack Intergang's connection to Apocalypse. Is all of this true? Yeah. What? Hold it right there! First of all, Superman saved us from Luminous, not the other way around. And second, what am I? Chop liver?
1: Ah, I'm sure Superman likes you, too. Next up is the Superman the Animated Series episode called Superman's Pale. In this one, it turns out there is a new intern working at the Daily Planet. Her name is Tina, and she's a little kind of cute punk rock girl. And uh, she's mainly working for Lois, it looks like. And uh, Jimmy laments to Clark that he thinks this girl's cute, but she's not in his league. Um, and, you know, he's tried asking her out a few times, but she said no. She's, the first time she said, like, her cat was sick, and the second time she basically just called Jimmy an idiot or something, right? Well, I forget what he said. him to buzz off, I think. Yeah, buzz off, that's it, yeah. So Jimmy's, he's just kind of staring at her, like, woe is me, I can't get the girl. And while this is going on, it turns out that there is a police chase happening, uh, right outside. So Superman, or uh, Clark, turns into Superman and goes and stops the police chase. But uh, in the, uh, when he does that, uh, as he's dealing with the car, there's the police helicopter in the air, and there's the uh, Angela Chen's news helicopter in the air, and they collide. And he's able to save the two helicopters, and uh, he, sa- he sets them down and. Uh Chen gets out and she wants to interview Superman. She's like, Superman, Superman, can I can I talk to you about uh what just happened? And he's like, Well, you wouldn't like what I would have to say because he's pissed at her because her ca- her it was her copter that caused this the wreck of the, the other copter. So he zips off and uh Olsen's there uh tending to one of the uh pilots of the police helicopter and she's like uh Hey Jimmy, you're you friends with Superman, right? And Jimmy's like, Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly call us pals. And uh, Angela asks him another question, and he just says something like, yes. And she's like, well, that's good enough for me. And Jimmy looks at her like, I don't know what, what what's good enough for you. What's going on? He's completely confused. Well, it turns out later that night, Angela ran a piece about Jimmy being Superman's pale. And she took what he had said earlier and completely butchered His dialogue it very much reminded me of that old Simpsons episode where Homer was accused of goosing that girl in the car when he had the Venus the gummy and you can see the clock in the background keeping you know the time is changing all the time and it's very clear that it was poorly edited it was it was it was like that well Jimmy becomes famous across Metropolis as Superman's pale and he sort of lets it get to his head because it's getting him. Free dinners at restaurants, it's you know, he's he's signing autographs, he's he's liking it a little. And it gets him a date with Tina, the intern. So um he's he's not quite denying that he's Superman's pale. Well, one night when he and Tina are on a date, some thugs want to beat Jimmy up because uh the, the leader of these thugs, his best pal, was sent to jail recently by Superman. So he figures, hey. I can get a little revenge on Superman for my pal if I beat up Superman's pal. Superman, of course, comes in, you know, saves the day, blah, 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 blah. Um, as the story moves along, Tina uh, ends up taking Jimmy to a junkyard. Um, and what is discovered there is that Tina is actually working for Metallo. The initial plan was for her, being Lois's intern, to trick Lois into coming with her to the junkyard so that Metallo could use her as bait for Superman. But Lois was a little too smart for... I th- she says a little too smart, I think she says, doesn't she? Yeah, something to that effect. Didn't quite make sense, but whatever. So she ended up using Jimmy as the bait, and of course Superman does wind up showing up. Um, fight ensues between Superman and Metallo, and... Jimmy locks Tina in a closet, and that's kind of the end of it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Do we even see what happens to Tina?
0: She just gets locked in the closet. Did they ever go back to her? I don't remember them even taking her to jail or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think they just kind of leave her in the junkyard, which I'm not really all that opposed to. But
1: uh... yeah, the, the little the little uh, foreman's office that she got trapped in
0: that didn't get crushed or anything, did it?
1: While no. she was in the closet, okay.
0: And I, yeah, I have a note about that. Uh, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, it was just weird. They just kind of forgot about her.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um, so the episode ends with Jimmy apologizing to Superman for uh, letting the whole thing get to his head, the whole Superman's pale thing. And Superman says, well, you are my pale. Don't worry about it. And you did live up to your hype. You did save my life today. Um, so if you ever do need help use this, and he hands Jimmy a watch, and it's the famous uh, Jimmy Olsen signal watch, where if he presses the button on the side, uh, it's a, sp- a specific signal that Superman can hear, and uh, he knows that it's Jimmy in trouble. So uh, that, that was kind of neat, seeing that come into uh, continuity, because that will actually come up in the next Superman episode that we're going to speak about today, but we'll get to that when we get there. So, thoughts about this one?
0: Um, I would say that First off, this is the second worst animated episode in the entire series, uh, only being beaten out by the next Superman episode we'll be <laughs> discussing. Uh, God, there is some just uh, outright atrocious animation here, not the least of which is the kryptonite radiation animation mm-hmm. uh, when Metallo ends, uh, starts like uh, assaulting Superman. It it has to be the worst animation for Kryptonite that I, in the entire DCAU. I can't think of any episode in, in Static, Justice League, anything where it's animated as bad as this. The the radiation is this kind of swampy green color, it al- and it's horribly animated to where it looks like construction paper was just thrown onto a, a drawing board, and they kind of moved it around. Mm-hmm. It, uh, and then when Jimmy... Th- it throws the battery acid on Metallo's chest. It gets even worse because it just kind of disappears. It, there, it doesn't like fade away. It's just like, it's gone. So yeah, yeah. but that's, that's really just, that's just the biggest part, uh, biggest animation problem. There's plenty of just lazy, sloppy animation with this episode all over the place. Did you notice
1: the stick disappearing when Superman was saving Jimmy from the thugs?
0: Um, I thought he just threw he threw it up into the air.
1: No, before that, uh, the the thug, the main thug, he goes to hit Jimmy with that billy club that he had. Mm-hmm. Superman, of course, grabs it. Um, you know, we see the hand come down and grab it, and then they cut to a shot of Superman's chest, and you can see his hand, and he's holding the club, and the thug's hand is still up there as if he's holding the club. But you really you really have to go back and watch this scene because it's hard to describe. Okay, basically, make a fist as if you're holding a billy club. Mm-hmm. And then put your other hand above that one as if another fist came in and has grabbed the billy club at its middle. Okay. So now the fist at the top is Superman's fist. And you can imagine the top of the stick coming out of the top of Superman's hand. Correct. Right. Now remember your, your other hand is the thug's hand. It's still at the bottom holding the bottom of the stick. But the middle portion of the stick, you know, that's connecting the, the, the stick that Superman's holding and that you're holding mm-hmm. is not drawn in. It's <laughs> not there. It's clearly not there. You can see Superman's emblem with nothing blocking it. And then when they change angles, it's it, the stick is back in both of their hands. And then that's when Superman just randomly chucks it up into the air. Never mind where it might fall and kill someone. Yeah. Um, it, it was. I, I looked at that and I'm like, what the hell was that? It was pathetic. How, how do you forget to draw the rest of, of of someone's weapon? That would be like drawing only like half a batarang. Or only, like, the, the the handle from a knife and forgetting to draw in the, the actual blade itself. Oh, it was <laughs> terrible. Terrible. I think the only thing, and I think it was this one. Was it this one with Lois's dress? Yeah. That's the only that, good part of this episode. Yeah, that was the only, like, little bit of animation that I thought was funny. Basically, guys, what happens is um there's uh, an instant where, like I said, Clark changes into Superman and he goes flying out of the Daily Planet and he does it like pretty much right in front of everybody. So now everybody knows Superman works at the planet. That was Mm kind of dopey, but anyways, Lois is in the office, uh, in Perry's office, just kind of chatting it up with him. And when he steps by, he does it so fast. Lois's skirt comes up kind of like that Marilyn Monroe thing, you know, that famous picture of her. And, uh, she's holding it down and she she's real embarrassed and she says something like I have to wear pants from now on. Now what's funny is when we get to the next episode, she's actually wearing pants in that first scene. So I don't know if they did that on purpose as a nod to the previous one, but if they did or didn't it was a nice little uh bit of continuity intentional or not. But anyways, what I thought was funny about it is 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 Lois's reaction is very anime-ish, we'll say. Just the way her face is, it's clearly anime-inspired.
0: Oh yeah. I think and, uh, I think this was the, animated by a Japanese studio, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, the uh, Kyo, uh, Kyo, uh, Kyokichi Corporation. I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, but yeah, that. So there you go, right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and there there were a couple other points where you could see the anime influence coming through. Um, when Jimmy was in that, uh, what is that thing called? That device that crushes the cars into the cubes, you know? Actor. The, what is it? Compactor? The compactor. Yeah, when I, I he should go with that. <laughs> okay, when when he was in that thing, um, the, you know, of course, you know, uh, uh, Tina and Metallo they stop it because they don't want to kill Jimmy. They just want to scare him and keep him trapped until Superman comes by. Um, when when Jimmy's sitting in there, there's just like one random drop of sweat coming off his temple. It's like okay, we've all seen that in the anime. Um, and then at the end I think it is, after Jimmy gets to watch, he makes one of those like really squinty eyed anime smiley faces. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like oh, yeah. I was like, Who the hell animated this one? I mean, never mind that it's bad, but there's all this anime coming into it. And I don't mind anime coming into it, but it's just Right, it's so <laughs> random because we never really seen it before in this cartoon. I mean, if it was Teen Titans, that's fine because that's the overall style of that show. But that's never been the style of Superman. So to see Jimmy turn into an anime character all of a sudden, and to see Lois turn into an anime character all of a sudden, was a bit of a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Though, if you want the truth, I wouldn't mind seeing an, Anna, an anime-inspired uh, Superman cartoon. I think that could look really good. Yeah,
0: that's just they could probably yeah. do some really good things with uh you know e- parasite and as much as we hate her live wire
1: oh yeah they could do a ton that, with live wire but,
0: but uh anyway speaking of uh Olsen's son uh he, he sounded uh, quite gay when uh talking about the fortress of solitude and uh, yeah. superman promising to take him there one day exactly i was like <laughs> Well, Jimmy. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, you know, have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're probably gonna be hurting after you're uh, done up there, but uh, whatever. Hey, maybe Jimmy's
1: into it. Who knows? You know. <laughs> he could go both ways. Nothing wrong with that. Um, speaking of uh, Jimmy and sex, though, and this is, this is a serious question. I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny or anything. Was it implied that Jimmy and Tina slept together? I don't because. know. When she was hanging around with Metallo, um, let me see if I wrote the note. Oh, um, about, about spending a night with him? Yeah. Metallo says something about Jimmy and Tina says, you didn't have to spend an evening with him. So is she just referring to the evening they spent going out to dinner and getting, uh, accosted by the thugs, which of course we found out she actually set up or, was there more to the date beyond that that involved, involved them going back to her or his apartment? I wasn't quite clear on what they were going for there.
0: I'll be honest, and, you know, I have as dirty a mind as anybody, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. I just figured, like, eh, well, you know, they spent the evening, you know, just driving around, going to dinner, or whatever they did. I didn't think anything uh, sexual came of it.
1: Yeah, I was just – I didn't really think that – you know, they they had slept together, but it was one of those lines where you could read it either way. Yeah. And I, I just had to mention it because, you know, we're seeing it this way, but some of our listeners might see it the other way. Where they're like, no, I. They might write in and say, no, I really do think that they slept together. So, um, you know, if there's anybody out there who actually thinks that uh, that is what the line was intending, uh, write in and let us know. I'd I'd like to hear what people think there.
0: Um. You know, uh, well, kind of along those lines, uh, when Jimmy's getting chased around by those fangirls, um, yeah. which is conveniently just be hap- happened to be gathered on that street corner there for some mm-hmm. reason, uh, I swear on the onset, I thought I heard one of the fangirls say, I want you to have my babies.
1: She actually says, oh, you that, could be
0: my baby. Yeah, or I, I want you to be my baby or something like yeah, that, which like really that. makes no sense at all. Uh, it just, Maybe like, she's
1: got one of those weird fetishes, you know, there's... There's those adults, and hey, if, our, if we have any listeners that, that are into this fetish, I'm not knocking it, I'm just saying, there's this fetish out there where adults find sexual desire in dressing up in diapers and baby clothes and whatnot. So maybe one of those girls had that fetish and wanted to dress Jimmy up as a baby and have her way with him. I don't know. But it was a weird random bit of dialogue that I caught too, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, might I say, Angela Chen is a fucking bitch. Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, wow, what the, what the hell happened to this woman? I never thought she was this, uh, uh, calculating and, uh, you know, she's outright committing fraud by, by cutting those clips up like that. Mm -hmm. Um, wow, where did that come from? Yeah, that kind of bothered me. I mean, she's, she's always been, how can I put it?
1: You know, she, she does the sensational news stories. That's been her shtick. That's fine. We understand that. But I never got the impression that she was splicing things like that. And then all of a sudden she's doing it just to interview Jimmy Olsen to, to write us, to, to put a story on the air about Superman's pal. I, I didn't get where that came from. And I didn't like that Jimmy was the one who got in trouble for it. You know, Jimmy, at the end, apologizes to Superman, yeah, for letting it get to his head, but also for all of that stuff happening, as if the news story was his fault. Jimmy just answered Angela's questions. He probably didn't even know the camera was on. I mean, he flat out said, but I wouldn't call us pals or anything. And she spliced it to, I would call us pails. Yeah. How is that Jimmy's fault? Superman should go to Angela's office and be like, yo,
0: that's not what Jimmy said. You go on the air and you retract that woman. So... I- and I love how she didn't get in trouble for causing a police chopper's downfall. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's just fantastic right there, let me tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, I mean, I understand they don't have time to go into, like, every little thing, but I would like to have seen, like, I don't know, like, what's her name? Oh, shoot, Maggie, Maggie Sawyer, come up to, to Chen and start reaming her out, even just in the background. Like, you could just, just watch her shaking her finger at her, like, blah, 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 blah. That would have been enough to satisfy me. We, you know, we didn't need to see a whole thing at the police station where she's getting yelled at. Just something in the background. But so, yeah, yeah like, no, no, you and I no are going to have a little talk later. <laughs> exactly. I mean, two, two helicopters crash. She put people's lives in danger. That overhangs, th- that almost starts to crumble. Superman has to hold that up, you know, and they completely gloss over how Superman saves that because he's holding it up in the air, and then all of a sudden he's just back on the ground. Like, like h- what did he do? Did the the, the overhang crack and he set the piece down somewhere? Or did he, like, melt it and fix it? What did he do? I don't know. It doesn't (laughs) matter because we're just going to move on. It was that sort of thing.
0: Uh, um, Going into the the junkyard scene, um, I love this. Jimmy actually jumped into a car at a junkyard and expected not only for it to work, but for there to be a key in the ignition, too. Well, I was confused. Was that a junkyard car or was that Tina's car? That, you know, I don't know. Now that I think about it, it might be her car, but I don't remember what her car looked like, so. Because at first, I thought the same thing you thought. I was
1: like, did he just really expect there to be a working car with keys in a junkyard? And then all of a sudden, I was like, but that could have been Tina's car. And then Tina throws her own car into a compactor. Yeah. <laughs> so I I. I, and I didn't feel like going back to see what Tina's car looked like. So I was like, no, nah, whatever. I don't care either way. At this care. point, at that point, I was
0: just like, how much longer does this episode have to go? <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an eyesore. I don't want to watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, actually, I, I thought of another thing that I actually liked about this. And it was a line. It was kind of an, a moment of irony, really, uh, where Metallo is attacking Superman. And he says, it's remarkable how easy this is. <laughs> finally, they admitted how easy Metallo should have it against Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I like that in an ironic sort of way.
1: Yeah. Now, go, but I, we got to go back to the helicopter scene real quick. Okay. Because this is what I was talking about in the last episode of uh, World's Finest Podcast. When In this episode, Superman is struggling to stop one of the helicopters from falling, and then he's struggling to hold up that, that crumbling overhang. But in the last episode, he had no problem pulling a ship out of a black hole. Yeah. This is exactly why I said they should have never done that black hole scene. Because once he can pull something out of the gravity well of a black hole, there is nothing on Earth that he can't stop with the tip of his pinky finger. He should be able to put his pinky up next to that helicopter and he stops it. Because that's how strong they've shown him to be. But now all of a sudden, oh no! I can't hold up a helicopter, and I can't hold up a, like a ton of concrete, you know. And then, and then, and then, in the next episode, and we'll uh, maybe I should save it, but I'll I'll you do it now because I'm on my rant. Know, save I know it, what you're you think? just save it. Okay, I know I'll will save <laughs> it till then. Okay, okay, I'll save it. So, what else do you have to say about this one?
0: Well, might as well go back to that uh, bus being thrown into the trailer that we were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, my, why did Superman stop the bus from crashing to the trailer? Because how, I don't think he knew that Tina was in there. And, yeah, I mean, you know it, it makes no sense for him to catch the bus from crashing into it if the, he, he doesn't think anybody's in it.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things when he caught that bus. I forgot Tina was still in that trailer. So I thought to myself, why is he saving that the, the, the trailer from getting crushed? Jimmy's outside. What is he doing? So that's why earlier I had asked if we saw Tina ever get out of that room and and if the the trailer did get crushed um but you're right yeah he did save it just sort of randomly and you honestly can't tell me that oh he used his x-ray vision or he heard she was in there or whatever because Mattella was kicking his ass with the kryptonite and all this and superman was distracted yeah there's no way he knew what was going on in that trailer so it it just didn't make sense for him to be like oh let me stop this bus from crushing this random building like Really, you let other skyscrapers get destroyed, but you're not going to let some little foreman's office not not get crumbled? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't fly,
0: Superman. What What was Tina's ultimate goal here? She was just a Metallo groupie, really. So
1: she was just helping Metallo kill Superman because I like metal, like re- really. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, great, great. She 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 likes fucking Metallo, okay. Even though they've shown he doesn't have any parts down there. Yeah, and he can't, and even if he did, he couldn't get them up. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, they kiss, and I'm like, Metallo, the reason he's pissed that he's Metallo is because he can't feel anything. So why is he kissing her? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And he's, like, happy to kiss her. It's not like she kissed him. He kisses her back. Like, why are you doing that? You
0: can't feel it.
1: Stop it. <laughs> and I was wondering, when did we last see
0: Metallo? I can't remember what state he was left in.
1: That Was, he was crushed, steel, set on fire, was or what steel, happened?
0: Steel beat the crap out of him, threw him off of, out of the building, crushing his chest with the hammer.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Because so I was watching this, and I was like, where did he come from? Like, what <laughs> happened here? He just comes out of the blue. Yeah. Where, uh, you, where do you get a new chunk of kryptonite from because the last one was destroyed. Yeah. There's just all this kryptonite conveniently laying around in Metropolis, it would seem. And everybody knows it can be used to power (laughs) Metello. Oh. And speaking of Metello, was his voice a little off? It just didn't seem quite right to me.
0: Mm, I don't...
1: I didn't look at the credits to see if it was... Who who voices him? I can't remember. Malcolm McDowell?
0: Yeah, was it him? Yeah, it was him. Okay. It just—it just didn't seem like he was totally into the character this time. Well, mm-hmm. actually, no. That I agree with what you—what you just said. That I agree with because it seemed to me like it was, it was just kind of apathetic. Mm-hmm. But not that I blame him because this episode is just, you know, crap. But yeah, it did seem like he just was kind of winging it, like mailing it in. Here, kid. I think you lost this. I could have handled him. Coulda,
1: woulda didn't
0: you sound just like Batman
1: I'm nothing like him
0: yeah right the mask the attitude the long underwear drop it I'd love to know what
1: happened between you two things change no kidding you guys
0: used to be the greatest Batman and Robin the dynamic duo maybe you should ask him I did and you'll never guess what he said things change next up today is the gotham knights classic episode old wounds yep in this episode robin is that is tim drake is taking on some goons in an alley when uh nightwing enters the fray and stops one of them from getting away after uh he traps uh tim inside a trash can and uh right you know tim is kind of mad because you know nightwing kind of stole his thunder there and they uh they start bickering a bit, and Robin quips that Nightwing sounds exactly like Batman, which really, really pisses Nightwing off, because he doesn't exactly like Batman anymore. So, uh, you know, Robin then asks, you know, he says, I- I'd really like to know what happened between you guys, because you guys were the greatest crime-fighting duo ever. And, uh, you know, he wants to know what caused them to be so resentful toward each other. So Nightwing says exactly what Bruce said when him asked him. Things change. So, Nightwing agrees to tell him the whole story. And, uh, as any of us knew here, you know, there was always, uh, tension between them, you know, uh, and it, it really started coming to a head after, uh, Dick graduated from college. You know, Bruce, uh, they say, they show point blank Bruce wasn't in attendance because he was too busy tackling some dime a dozen criminals. Uh, and, uh, later that night, Dick and Barbara were having a very, very romantic dinner, and Batman. Uh, pages dick to come help him stop the joker from stealing this radar jamming device and of course dick isn't very thrilled about this but uh batman will hear none of it and dick has to come up with pretty much the lamest excuse ever <laughs> to leave <laughs> leave dinner <with> barbara <laughs> and uh when when uh he arrives batman greets him with a very friendly you're late which pisses him off which pisses robin off even more so they go off and they fail to stop Joker from stealing the device but uh, they are able to catch up to the uh the patsy who was acting as the slightly unwitting lookout for uh Joker's gang during this whole fiasco and uh Robin breaks through the door of his apartment and as he's about to uh, you know threaten him you know like Batman style like where's the Joker he uh, his 4-year-old son walks up to Robin and with his little toy guns saying I'll save you, Daddy, and or what, you know, whatever he says. And mm-hmm. Robin is just taken aback, and then Batman just bursts through the window and throws the, the poor guy up against the wall, demanding to know where Joker is. And the guy legitimately doesn't know where the Joker is because he, he wasn't told anything. And Robin—he yeah, didn't him. even know he was working for the Joker until yeah, exactly. he showed up at the at the original scene. Yeah. hmm And uh, Robin just is in the background. He sees the guy's family just cowering in fear in the corner. And, he tries to calm Batman down, but again, Batman won't hear any of it. And, uh, Robin just leaves in utter disgust. And, uh, you know, he later, like at like three in the morning goes to Barbara's house and you know, in a mild frenzy rambling on about how he can't just, he can't be around Bruce anymore. He, it's just, it's driving him insane. And Barbara wants to help, but you know, Dick can't exactly explain the situation without revealing who he is. And, uh, he basically leaves about as quickly as he entered. Uh And Barbara goes to Wayne Manor to ask Bruce what's going on. And Bruce then decides that because she cares so deeply for uh Dick, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you are going to edit that out, right? No!
1: That <laughs> <It> stays. Oh, <laughs> oh.
0: oh, that was glorious. So yeah, Bruce is uh he's uh yeah, I'm Batman and uh that's it. (laughs) No. uh, He uh he takes Barbara uh into into one of the secret entrances to the Batcave and she's you know, she's just uh in awestruck by all this all the stuff she sees and uh Alfred has a very, very, very funny moment Mm -hmm. and uh and uh he tells Bruce that they should look at the uh the back computer's TV screen because Joker is on TV, and he's saying that he's going to use that radar jamming device to cause planes to crash all over Gotham, causing, you know, God knows how many deaths and destruction. And Bruce tells Alfred to contact Robin, but he isn't answering, so uh, Barbara volunteers to be Batman's backup uh, to go stop the Joker. Well, Grayson arrives later and wants to know where Barbara is since her car is outside uh, the manor. Uh, to which Alfred explains that they uh, went on an errand, so Grace then looks over and sees the Batmobile M.I.A. and quickly puts two and two together. So, uh, as Batman deduces, the uh, Joker has to be at the tallest building in Gotham to have the best uh, range for the radar device. And uh, you know, their Joker's gang and the uh, and Batgirl and Batman are all f- they're fighting up there, and Joker ends up knocking Batgirl um, over the edge shall I say. <laughs> and uh, Robin arrives and manages to catch her. And they both go back up top to help Batman, who's really not faring too well against the hyenas and the gang and Joker and everything else. And they eventually stop Joker. And afterwards, Dick and Barbara are just furiously arguing about, you know, keeping secrets from each other. And you know, at this point, Grayson has just lost all reasoning capacity whatsoever, even though Barbara says that she volunteered to help Batman. And it wasn't the other way around. Bruce didn't force her to go or anything. And he quits, He he gives up the mantle of Robin. Now, Batman tries to stop him, just to reason with him, but Dick turns around and just slugs him right in the face, effectively mm-hmm. ending their partnership. Yeah. So uh, back in the present, Robin, uh, Tim Drake asks why, why he never tried to patch things up, and Nightwing just says, you know, he'll never change. And, you know, what's the point? And they start walking, and they discover a wallet on the ground that one of the Pickpockets from the beginning of the episode stole. And they found out that it belonged to the guy who was the unwitting patsy for uh, Joker's gang. And uh, right now, in the present, he has a job at Wayne Enterprises as, as a night security guy. And uh, he remarks about how great a guy Bruce Wayne is, how he, you know, he always has time to stop by, ask how his, his son's doing, even though he's, you know, he's Bruce Wayne. And uh, Nightwing says very bluntly, uh, Mr. Wayne is a good man. So you know they go, they leave, and uh, Robin and Nightwing see the bat signal. And as Robin prepares to leave, he asks if Nightwing is, uh, is going to join him, and he says, "I guess it's about time." So, Mike, it's old wounds. Woo! <laughs> Indeed, yeah. This episode, y- you said it already, is is just classic. I was going to say this may have the best animation of any Gotham Knights episode. Well it's i don't know i'm not you now of course i'm just saying that because maybe i'm just love i loved how crisp everything was yeah but i mean and I, we haven't seen the rest of the episodes yet mm-hmm. but um i think maybe okay maybe um uh God, growing pains that might have better maybe that's better but uh other than that i can't really think of an episode that's animated better than this one yeah no this one it definitely it looks good um especially <laughs> compared to that last superman
1: episode um but if you actually go back and you look at some of the and I hope I'm using the right terminology here the staging of some of the characters they're they're a little stiff and oftentimes it looks like they're scrunching down to like fit into the frame um it's it's kind of hard to explain but okay you know when Batman and Robin you know when we're talking uh, the the uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, they they go to stop Joker and his goons at that lab or that warehouse or whatever it is when he's getting the disruptor. Mm-hmm. There's something about the way the characters are standing, the way they're positioned on screen. It just doesn't feel totally natural. And you get some more of that in the apartment when they're assaulting Connor. And you get some more of that on the final rooftop battle between the Joker and his goons, and Batman and Barbara, and or a Batgirl and uh, Nightwing, it's just it, it, it's it's like they weren't entirely comfortable with drawing the action sequences. Uh, they being whoever storyboarded this and or whoever uh, did the actual animation. Um, but beside that, besides that, it still looks good. It still flows nicely. It's just these little
0: moments that kind of stick out
1: like a sore thumb.
0: Okay, well, I I didn't really pick up on that but mm-hmm. I'll actually I'll, I'll take your word for it because uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to that as much because it was just I was just engrossed in the story and how can you not be no exactly and exactly and I should say this isn't me
1: nitpicking it now after I've seen this episode dozens of times this is literally something I've noticed since the, like the very first time I saw this one I've always been a little disappointed in again just just the way the characters sort of feel. Here, Um, but all that aside, I mean, if you can overlook that, this is literally one of the top five, dare I say top three episodes of the entire Gotham Knights run. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Uh. cause it's, it's, it's got everything. I mean, it's got the the Joker in it and he's, he's done well. He has some great jokes. Do I hit your kids? Oh, actually I do. You know, (laughs) you know, he just knocked Barbara off a roof. Um, it's It's got some uh, great character moments between Dick and Barbara. It's got that that epic breakup of uh, uh Batman and Robin. Again, it's got more of that uh brotherly uh relationship love between. relationship, yeah, between uh, uh Nightwing and Robin. and at the end, we get to see Robin st- or uh, I should say Nightwing start to melt a little the heart uh, the ice around his heart. Um, is, is starting to melt away and he's starting to understand that, you know what, Batman might not be the greatest guy in the world, but Bruce Wayne isn't all that bad. So, I, 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 it, yeah, it is time to kind of reconcile and things will never be perfect again, but we can make them, we can make an effort to,
0: uh, make things make it, better. Yeah, make it less tense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, exactly. it's, that happens mainly because of Tim. Yeah. Tim's there to, uh, to start that melting the, of uh, his, just really ice cold heart at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, this is another great another great uh, Tim Drake. It's not really a Tim, you know, it's not a Tim Drake episode, but they in the you know three minutes or four minutes that he's on screen, there's just there's a lot more character development, and it's yeah. it's very impressive how they were able to even to uh, further along his character development in such a short amount of time, considering that um you know that's he wasn't really the focal point of this episode at all yeah yeah um yeah and there beyond the the breakup of uh the original batman and robin you know we have the the breakup of barbara and uh dick yeah which is it's really sad because you know they t- they really do love each other very much mm-hmm. and that uh, it's really sad to see them not not be able to stay together because of uh because of their alter egos
1: yeah it, it definitely is because they they do have a great relationship, but then Batman just unintentionally got between them, really, and you know, so did their costumed careers, but of course that was inspired by Batman, so it's still it's all Batman, no matter how you look at it, it's really batman's fault that 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 they can't be together um, you know, and I kind of wish we would have seen something. Um, later on down the line in Gotham Knights or even in Batman Beyond that nodded at Nightwing and Barbara getting together. Um, But that just doesn't happen because when Gotham Knights ends, we never see Nightwing in Batman Beyond, do we? We never see Dick Grayson. Um, He's mentioned now and then. I know he's mentioned in Return of the Joker, right? Yes. And... I know he makes uh, a very brief cameo in an episode of Justice League Unlimited. Um, very brief. A blink and you miss it cameo, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in Batman Beyond, it would have been nice if they would have just sort of implied that even if they didn't get together totally in the end, that they gave it another go. Like like Barbara's got, Barbara and Dick got married for a few years. No, it didn't work, but they tried. You know, that that sort of thing. Just the yeah. fact that it ended on that rooftop is extremely extremely sad. Cuz they are a great comic book couple. Oh, yes. Um that's why I was actually a little mad at DC when they ended their relationship in the comic, you know, before um Infinite Crisis was it? I think it was or during it, um Nightwing proposed to Barbara. He proposed to her and uh then they did this whole one year later where their books jumped ahead one year and they were broken up. They, they 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 just weren't engaged anymore and and their relationship has ended and Dick's moved on and Barbara's moved on and it's like what the hell? Did they you know? ever explain what happened? They did, but I do not remember what the explanation was because I stopped reading Nightwing during that period. Um and I I don't actively read Birds of Prey, which is the book Barbara Gordon stars in, and I don't read all of the Batman books monthly. The only monthly Batman book I read really is is Robin. Um and he's got his own thing going on, so they're
0: not going to address Nightwing continuity, you know. Because um, I remember on the forums you were Oh, you were infuriated by that. Yeah, I I remember that, but I yeah, don't for what happened.
1: Yeah, to me they're 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 a great couple because they grew up together in tights. You know, here, here's the first Robin. Here's the first Batgirl. They were adventuring together. They they got to know each other through their costume lives. It's it, it's a great kind of uh, love story. And if it weren't for their costume lives, they probably wouldn't have known each other, if you really think about it. why There's no way Dick Grayson would have ever met Barbara Gordon if it weren't for what they were doing, you know? And then, like I said, they, they kind of grew up together, and the relationship formed out of that. And then it's just all flushed down the toilet, basically because some of the big wigs at DC, and I'm not knocking DC here, I'm just stating fact. Some of the big wigs at DC, they literally don't understand the Dick Grayson Nightwing character. They don't understand why he's around. They don't understand what he adds to the universe. They overlook the fact that he's literally a cornerstone of the DC universe. The four founding members of that DC universe were Batman, excuse me, in, in this order, Superman, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Robin. Those were the four founding fathers, never mind gender, the four founding fathers of the DC universe. And they just overlook that. They completely say, ah, Robin, Robin, Dick Grayson, he doesn't matter. Because they can't wrap their heads around the fact that Dick Grayson is like in his mid-20s, but Bruce Wayne is never supposed to be older. It used to be he could never be older than 29. Now it's like 35-ish. So if Dick's 22, how can Bruce only, or excuse me, 25, how can Bruce only be 10 years older than him? You know what I'm saying? No sense at all. Right, they don't like that, and they are afraid. And this is a valid concern, because they do keep aging Nightwing, but they're not actively aging the other characters. They're afraid that one day, Nightwing, Dick, is going to be older than Batman, Bruce. And it's like, that would be a problem. If all of a sudden, one day, Nightwing shows up, and he's got gray hair, and Bruce Wayne is still... You know, mid-30s. That doesn't work. So they were going to they, they kill him. They were going to get rid of this character. And it was basically um, some of the uh, creative staff at DC that pretty much threatened to stage a coup on the bigwigs at DC if they killed Grayson. Because they loved him. They understood him. And they had to fight to keep that character around. But despite the fact that they won that fight, they lost the fight to keep Barbara and Dick together in a relationship. They just, again, the big wigs just didn't want it. So it just all got chucked out the window and and maybe they'll get back together in the comics down the line, but to bring it back to this cartoon, as we've said, they, it never got reconciled here, you know? So anyways, that was, that was a long tangent, but oh, well, that's
0: okay. Um, but you know, along those lines now we've had, we've had uh, several instances in uh, Batman, the animated series that kind of hinted that, uh, Bruce and Barbara might have been involved with one another, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, I have to, I love that moment where Bruce decides to show Barbara the Batcave because it almost, and the animation, this is another animation note here. Uh, you look at Bruce's face when he's uh, opening up the clock entrance, it's like you could almost see envy in Bruce's expression mm. because he wants, it seemed to me like uh, you look at Bruce there in that moment, He wants. He he is envious of the life that uh, uh, Barbara and Dick might have after this. It's uh, Hmm. you know because they love each other and Bruce knows he can never have a relationship like that because of the mission. You know, right? Yeah, that's what I drew from that scene. Uh, Maybe I thought over thought into it a little bit too much, but it was. uh, That's what I got from it, and I I think that adds to uh, uh, the Batgirl mythos a little bit.
1: I'll I'll have to go back and rewatch that,
0: but because he you, says you might you, be right you deeply there. Care for him, don't you?
1: Yeah, and his face does soften a little, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, you you've got a, You've got a you've got a very valid point there. Hmm. You're right because I mean you 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 said it. Bruce is never going to have any sort of normal, loving relationship with anybody. He might have a woman now and then. You might even have a long term relationship, but it's never going to be normal, you know, where Barbara and Dick, they could have some sort of normal relationship, um, even if they were still crime fighters. They could have they could have had it, but they couldn't be honest with each other. And Batman got in the way and boom, it just all crumbles from there. So sad. So sad. Uh, You know, I I, I got to say this. I really wish this episode, or the, the bulk of this episode, the flashback sequence, was done in the Batman: The Animated Series style. How the, cool would that have been for the flashback sequence if they flashed back to that old style?
0: The gray, you mean the gray and black bat suit? Yeah, the old with Batman: The, the Animated the yellow, Series with style. the yellow
1: logo. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, no, no! I don't mean just the costume for Batman. I mean the actual character designs and everything. Everything, if it looked like a Batman the Animated Series episode from top to
0: bottom. even Joker and everybody else, too. Yeah, with
1: Bruce in his his frumpy brown suit, not the tall, you know, kind of imposing Bruce Wayne. None of that. No, the old designs, the the old color scheme, everything. I think that would have been a wild nod to that other
0: series. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. That would have been very, very, very cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure, it might have been tough to pull off, because now the storyboard artists, they're all used to this new style, and then they have to go back to that old style for one episode. I understand, logistically, it would probably be a nightmare, but, oh, it would it would be... uh, It just, I gotta say it again, it just would have been wicked. It really would (laughs) have (laughs) been. But it doesn't hurt the episode that it's not in that. I'm just saying that... Yeah, it just would have been so cool. <laughs> I, I, I can't say anything else about it. <laughs> um One thing I noticed in this episode that I never o- noticed before was that one of the people that's graduating with Grayson in the beginning is a girl by the name of Sharon Fox, and Lucius is sitting in the crowd next to Alfred. Oh, I wow! Never I never noticed even that, that before. I didn't even yeah, notice heard- Lucius sitting there. Yeah, I heard the name Sharon Fox, and I'm like, oh, I wonder... I wonder if they're supposed to be a relative of Lucius, of Lucius's, I should say. And, yeah, when they cut to Barbara and Alfred sitting there, Lucius is sitting in the crowd right next to Alfred reading the program.
0: Very cool. Yeah.
1: I don't know how I I missed Lucius sitting there. Again, as I said earlier, I've seen this one dozens of times, and this is the first time I've ever noticed it. First time ever. So that's how you know an episode is good, when you are constantly noticing new things with every viewing. Yeah, because um, you know, that tells you there's all these there's just all these little uh, nuances that, that that were there that take repeated viewings to pick up on.
0: Um, Mr. Sims, well, Yes. you I see you found out our dirty little secret. Yes, I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I love you from Zimbalist. <laughs> that, that's one of the best Alfred moments,
1: period. Hands down in in the old series and this new one, that's that's just priceless. Because I just I just love his like how uh, when what does what does Batman say like or what does Bruce say? That's okay, Alfred or something it's like okay, that. Alfred. Yeah, and then Alfred's good, like, sir. yeah, very good, sir. Just walks off like, okay, okay, I tried. <laughs> Don't worry about it though. You know, I knew no one was going to buy it, but I had to, I had to try. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that dynamic and I love that loyalty from Alfred too. That he's willing to. It doesn't make sense, but he's willing to. To, to, to take the blame if he has to yeah, give it a try
0: <laughs> and i like as barbara's look.
1: Is it maybe? i like barbara's look she gets this kind of embarrassed kind of like are you yeah. kidding me kind of look on her face it's kind of cute
0: yeah <laughs> very cutesy
1: yeah yeah
0: uh, um
1: i had a question during the fight scene when uh, up on the roof of course when uh, uh joker And uh, Batman and Batgirl first start fighting. So Robin isn't there yet. Uh, The Joker says, ooh, something new has been added. A big improvement over the boy Blunder. Has the Joker never met Batgirl before this moment? Hmm. forgetting all the episodes of Gotham Knights, obviously, because this takes place after the animated series, but before Gotham Knights. So we're talking just in the animated series. Did he ever meet uh, Batgirl?
0: No, I don't believe so. Because he he wasn't in uh Shadow of the Bat, and he wasn't in Batgirl Returns. Uh no. I don't think Joker ever encountered Batgirl before that. Hmm. There was there was a good continuity on their
1: part then to actually remember that, you know? Yeah. Because hmm. I was as when I was watching it I was I was racking my brain, I'm like, you know, I don't think they have, but at the same time, I couldn't say with one hundred percent certainty. So That's why I had to bring it up on here, because I, I had to know.
0: Well, let's see. Yeah, she wasn't in. She was mentioned in Harley Quinn but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I can't remember. I can't remember who says the line or what the line was, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm almost I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that Joker had never encountered uh or knew of Batgirl's existence before mm-hmm. this that's cool, that's cool. Um, and another little bit of uh
1: continuity that I liked here is you have to start to wonder if Barbara's fear of falling to her death in over the edge stems from the joker knocking off knocking her off this skyscraper,
0: very possibly. It would make a lot I mean, of sense.
1: yeah, it, when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, I bet that's why she has that fear." You know
0: that would that makes excellent sense to me. I mean, and this maybe, and this episode was definitely produced after Over the Edge, so mm-hmm. they could have gone you know, recalled back to as like, oh, this would be a mm-hmm. good place to set the seeds.
1: Yeah, and anybody who's paying attention, they'll they'll pick up on it. And you know, again, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe they're just like, ah, we'll have her fall off the building. It's a skyscraper. It happens. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think that they knew what they were doing and they did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one little thing that surprised me is there was no Harley Quinn at all in this episode. That, I was a little
0: disappointed. I was like, oh, where's Harley? I forgot she wasn't in this one. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I didn't really even really think about Harley. Yeah. Um, what, what, I mean, she wasn't what, needed, but it would have been nice to have seen her, you know. I don't somewhere. know. I just, in all of the stuff that was going on, she might have just been in the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, it's just, I and I...
0: I I'm not keen on the idea of adding a
1: female villain because there's a female hero in the episode, uh, but that tends to be what comic creators and uh, producers of television shows like this do. Um, So I'm just saying, I was a little surprised that they didn't do it. Like, oh, Batgirl's in it, so we have to throw in Harley, so she has someone to beat up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we can't have the boys and the girls fight each other. We just can't have that. You know, there's there's always that kind of mentality. And, again, I'm not saying I subscribe to it.
0: I'm just saying it's very plain as day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah well, That's why we ha- very rarely see a man hitting a woman until we get to Justice League.
1: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was a little surprising that Harley wasn't there so Batgirl could have someone to tussle with because does she ever actually even – we see her land punches – in shadow, when Dick is looking up the building and he sees Batgirl fighting, but do we actually ever see her punch any of the guys, or the guys hit any of her, barring she, the
0: Joker knocking her in the head? With she, the, get, the she, she gets a couple of kicks off on them in, in plain camera view.
1: Okay, okay. Well, then there we go. They're 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 being progressive. They're letting the boys and the girls play together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do you have to say about this one? I've been kind of going on about this
0: one. Um. Well, I. I had a question at first but then I remembered I went I I went back and watched it again over I was going to ask it cuz when Dick uh goes to uh Barbara's house in the middle of the night mm-hmm. he's you know he's ranting and uh I I kind of got the feeling that they, they were saying that he, they were implying that uh Dick is back living at the at Wayne Manor again but then I went back and watched it and uh they don't say anything to that effect so but it was just the way that Dick was uh, ranting on. He's like, I, I, I got to get away from him. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like he'd been stuck around him for a lo- like an extended period of time when he's off at college, and it, it, they never really, they never really had Robin in a, in a long stretch of episodes or, or anything like that. So I don't see how the him being you know just trapped by Batman, other than the fact that of course he's been his ward for years. Well, see, yeah. see, that's the thing. You said it right there. He's trapped by Batman. He's
1: not trapped by Bruce.
0: But so in that saying, moment, in that moment when he's talking to Barbara, he has to be referring to Bruce because otherwise, Barbara would wonder, wonder even more what the hell's going on.
1: No, see, that's the thing. To Barbara, he, Barbara's hearing Bruce. He's mm-hmm. complaining about Bruce, but we're hearing him complain about Batman. So that's the thing. It's because Barbara doesn't know what's going on in that moment, she thinks he's complaining about Bruce. That's why she goes to Bruce. But we know he's complaining about Batman. So I mean it's it's okay, I'm splitting hairs, but that's what's going on there. No, if he would have come I, I, out and I, said, you know, I'm I, I'm Robin, blah, blah 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 blah, I can't handle being Batman anymore. I don't know, it kind of would have spoiled the scene because I like the fact that she didn't know. He even says, ah, y- you don't know what I'm talking about. Nobody can understand. Cause he just doesn't know who she is, which doesn't speak well for his detective skills. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, I-, I, like, I like that, the dynamic of that scene because he's not living at home, so to speak anymore. Cause I flat out say he's still at the dorm. Cause his excuse was, oh, I got to help the guys clean out the fridge. Like, yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we know he's still in, in the, in, in, in his old dorm. Um, but, Barbara thinks that maybe he's upset about Bruce missing out on the graduation ceremony or something else. She doesn't understand that it runs much deeper. So that's that scene's actually pretty complex because you can read it on so many different levels depending on your perspective. And Barbara's is this, Dick's is that, and the audience is is a combination of the two, actually.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, that's yeah. a great scene. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, but uh, real, real quick, real quick, uh, unless you have more to say about that scene. No, no, go ahead. Okay, getting back to Dick's excuse about cleaning out the refrigerator. Okay, are you telling me, in all the training that Batman gave to Robin, martial arts, um, detective skills, scientific skills, all these things, he never trained him on how to make up excuses to get out of situations with women, friends business associates, none of that. He he never gave them any excuse making training. I mean, come on. Oh, I gotta go clean the fridge. Like what? <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a dumb excuse, but they could have made a dumb excuse that wasn't that dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the dumbest possible excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Literally there is no dumber excuse you could have think you could have thought up. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sorry, what were you gonna say a second
1: ago? I kinda of interrupted you.
0: No, I was gonna just say, I liked this, they pulled a, 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 a callback here off really well in, in the, uh, guy Connor, the poor guy who was just, like, he was just trying to get some extra cash for his family and he didn't know he was, wound up with the children. They had a nice little callback to him being one of the guys that was, one of the people that was mugged by the pickpocket. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, it was that was nice because a lot of times they don't really pull it off pull that kind of thing off very well, mm-hmm. um, you know, like in Mean Seasons ugh, with the with the old guy who's being forced to retire and oh yeah, know. but here that that was really a very uh very touching moment because you know you you really felt sorry for the poor guy you had yeah. to because just by watching Robin's reaction to uh, everything Batman's doing to the to the guy in that. Uh, scene in his apartment. And it was nice to see that, uh, you know, the guy is leading a normal life and is not resorting to having to team up with you know, mobsters or whoever else. And, you know, that's part of the, that along a couple with Tim Drake's, uh, you know, his words really puts Nightwing on the path to uh, trying to reconcile his differences. Yeah, I think they did a, did a really good job
1: with the Connor character because you, you... – it just a few minutes he has on screen you come to understand him based on the voice actor you know he wasn't born in america so he's an immigrant you know mm-hmm. he's 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 married a young woman they've had a kid together and he's a struggling working class father you know he's he's trying to do the best by his family and it sucks that he has to take on a criminal gig, but that's what he has to do. And you kind of get the feeling that that might have been one of his first, if not his first, criminal gig, helping out the Joker. And oh, what a criminal gig it was, you know? Yeah. Because um, he's nervous. You can tell he's not. He's not a hardened criminal. He's new to this whole scene. Um, and I mean, because he runs away. He doesn't try to fight the Batman. He absolutely runs away. Um and and you know, like I said, then we get to see his family. We understand where he's coming from there, and then at the end, it all rounds out. Oh look, he's he's doing well for himself, thanks to Bruce Wayne. You know, and and I don't know. I just I just I have love, to think. that, that character's on screen maybe two and a half three minutes at most, right. absolutely at most, right? And just in those two and a half three minutes, you end up with a fully rounded out character in my mind. No, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say?
0: Oh, well, you have to think that Robin walking out of that apartment is part of what led Bruce to mm-hmm. to give that guy the job at Wayne Tech, or Wayne Enterprises. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, even though even though they they don't see eye to eye anymore, they don't talk to each other really anymore. Uh, you know, Bruce does have a heart. Yeah,
1: yeah. He even though he thinks he's right all the time, there are moments when he realizes he's gone too far. And his son, for lack of a better word, his partner, uh, walking out on him like that, in the middle of trying to chase down the Joker, does tell Batman he has crossed the line. And that line is beating up a father in front of his son. I mean, this is essentially what happened to Bruce. His parents were murdered in front of his eyes. This little kid, to, to him, his dad... It's the same thing. You know, he's seen his dad get roughed up, bloodied up. You know, he doesn't know what's going to happen to his folks here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So Batman realized in that instance, excuse me, in that instant, he had potentially traumatized that kid into becoming another criminal or another vigilante like him. And either way, he can't handle that. He doesn't want (laughs) want there to be other vigilantes. He doesn't want that. And he definitely doesn't want to be the reason they were created. So, yeah, exactly. It was, it was Dick walking out on him that made him realize, you know what, I have to atone for this moment. I still have to be Batman. I still have to get information, but I have to make up for this. Again, I mean, you, you, there's so much you can read into that scene. You just you, This is one of those episodes you just can't take at at face value. Oh, you really do. Once it's over, you really do have to think about it. You have to think about all the threads and all the relationships that were changed and birthed, thanks, thanks to everything that was going on in this
0: one. It's it's you really beautiful. have to watch it at least twice. I would mm-hmm. say in succession, just watch it over again after you watched it uh, once, so you can really just gather everything. And it's it's really like The Dark Knight in that aspect. I had to go watch it by myself, the movie, uh, again, and I was able to, you know, see things I didn't see before, and notice, uh, uh, you know, just little things, little relationship quirks and stuff like that. LexCorp has been testing explosives off the eastern seaboard. The explosions
1: have caused extensive damage to my home, Atlantis.
0: Whoa. You mean Atlantis is real?
1: Very real. And very angry. I was sent here to try to put a stop to the tests. But my peaceful overtures were met with violence and capture.
0: What happens if you don't make it back?
1: War. Next up is the Superman the Animated Series episode, A Fish Story. In this one, Lois wearing pants and Jimmy wearing a signal watch are out to sea with Bibbo. And, uh, they are, Lois is basically interviewing Bibbo, uh, because a lot of the local fishermen, um, are, uh, not just fishermen, but any of the, 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 the sailors are afraid to go out to sea because the, uh, the sea creatures have been acting very strangely as of late and no one knows why well bibbo he's like you know he's he's a hardened sea fellow he's like oh i don't believe any of that stuff miss lane so he's he's taking him out you know to to do this interview to show them nothing's going on it's all just stories and uh while they're out at sea two giant whales start attacking the tanker that they're on and uh they they attack it so bad that it starts to sink superman comes in of course he saves the day by uh Making the whales headbutt each other, a la Hulk Hogan fighting two bad guys at the same time, and <laughs> <laughs> that's all I kept thinking about when I was watching that. I was like, "That's Hulk Hogan just bashing two heads together." But anyways, um, yeah, he he uh, saves the tanker, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. <laughs> and oh, yeah. When they're when they're uh back on the surface, um, what, what exactly? Yeah, okay, yeah, Lois and. Jimmy end up visiting the local aquarium to talk to one of the scientists there to find out just why the fish might be, or all the sea creatures just might be uh, acting strange. And he chalks it up to, it's mating season. Don't worry about it. Animals get crazy when they're in heat. Well, Lois doesn't quite buy that excuse, especially when she sees Luthor's limo sitting in the parking lot. So she starts snooping in on the meeting between Luthor and the scientist, and it turns out that there's something in uh, the basement area, the storage area, that is causing all of this to happen. When Lois goes to investigate to see what this something is, it actually turns out to be a one. It's Aquaman who has been captured. And of course, if you know Aquaman's powers, he can m- mentally control sea creatures. So he's having them act up to break him out. Is that what he was doing? I don't even know. But regardless, um, uh, uh, Lois is caught uh, snooping around, and she and Aquaman are taken out, and uh, they are to be assassinated. Uh, The scientist wants to study Aquaman, but Luthor is like, no, we can't do it, because now that you have Lois, she knows too much, and... Superman is going to quickly notice that Lois is missing, that means she's in trouble, that means he's going to come looking and we can't have that. So kill them both. Um Aquaman is uh able to stage an escape. He and Lois get away and uh at the same time we find out that what's going on is uh Luthor is uh drilling or bombing uh the the undersea area. And uh this is affecting uh you know Aquaman's uh Territory, his kingdom is the word I'm looking for. And he doesn't want them to be doing this. So he tells them, look, if if you keep doing this, I'm going to stage war with the surface world. So Superman has to stop not only uh, Aquaman, but also Luthor. Um, He's in a very tight spot here. And uh, uh, how do you wrap this one up? I mean, at the end of the day, there's a big standoff between Luthor's men and Aquaman's men. And uh, a big firefight ensues and Luthor gets away and Aquaman leaves with a very ominous message. We'll be watching. Um, did I really miss anything with this one?
0: Nah, not really. Okay, okay
1: so thoughts?
0: Okay, um, uh, remember how I was talking about the bad animation in our last episode? This mm-hmm. is the worst animation really? in the I didn't entire think this one was series.
1: A, I didn't think this one was as bad as... Um, Superman's mm, Pale. Uh, Superman's Pale.
0: I really I thought it was better. What was it about this one that made it worse in your mind? Uh well let's see. The uh the characters all seemed off model. Uh like just the shape their shapes were just weird. I like, Aquaman's head was like as thin as my arm. <laughs> um the lip syncing is horrible in places. And uh you know Honestly, if you look at some I've I've seen some still shots of the episode uh online and hmm. it, it honestly looks like some of the colors were coming out of the lines that they were uh placed in. And I don't I, I haven't I didn't go back onto my DVD and like pause it and look at those exact moments, but if that's really what they are, good lord. That's like that's like a nineteen fifties, forties kind of mistake. Yeah. How can you do that with with computer animation. I don't know. It's just hideous. Um, but, you know, no, that's not even my biggest gripe. The animation. It's. Aquaman can't break out of chains? <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I've never
1: been exactly clear on Aquaman's powers. I don't know how strong he is outside of the water. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I. But, See, if someone the, can write the, the, the in and things... tell me what his powers are and then clear this up, because that, I did not know if I should be griping about that or not. I'm sort of with you, though, yeah.
0: Well, I think you have to gripe about it, because later on he rams a bathyscape with his shoulder and it knocks it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and speaking of his powers, I
1: didn't realize he can control birds. He can, he, can, he controls seagulls.
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Since when are
1: seagulls creatures of the sea? Yeah, I mean, I knew he could do porpoises whales, sharks, fish, eels, starfish, all that stuff. Anything that actually lived in the sea, he could control. I knew that. But seagulls, they're, they don't live in the sea. They just have the word sea in their name. Um, that kind of threw me for a loop. So again, if someone can write in and let us know if previously, if Aquaman has uh, controlled seagulls or other birds or even other creatures that, that weren't necessarily sea creatures, write in and let us know. That'd be greatly appreciated because mm-hmm. I was watching that, and I'm like, Man, I don't understand what those, why those seagulls are helping all of a sudden, but whatever.
0: Yeah, you know? and I mean, I guess Aquaman, and he also needs a helmet while he's riding a motorcycle. <laughs> well,
1: okay, that was just a PSA, and you know it, you know? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Superhero or not, they couldn't have him riding around on a motorcycle without a helmet. Um, but speaking about the motorcycle scene and his powers, I loved that moment. When he and Lois were driving towards the cliff and he's like, no, drive faster, drive faster. And she's like, we're going to fall off. He's like, don't worry, we'll be okay. And then they're falling and she's like, you can fly, right? And he's like, fly.
0: (laughs) 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 And then they just both just fall into the water. At that point, Lois is like, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Because as I was watching that scene right before Lois said it, I was thinking to myself, "Can Aquaman fly?" I couldn't remember if he could, if for some random reason. Because like Prince Namor from the Marvel universe, his mm-hmm. his Marvel counterpart, he can fly. So I, I was like, "Wait, can Aquaman too?" And I'm like, "I don't think he can," but and then right right when I was thinking, "But," that's when they addressed it. I'm like, "Okay, there you go. He can't fly."
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, it was pretty gruesome seeing Lois taken down by a shark. Yeah, I can't believe I, I, I can't believe they actually put that on the screen. Now, Obviously, she wasn't eating, of course, yeah. but clearly that shark's jaw was wide open and it, it looked like it swallowed Lois.
1: Yeah, that's actually thought that's actually
0: what I thought was going to happen. I thought we'd see the shark pop up at the
1: shore or near a, a rock or something and it would open its mouth and Lois would crawl out sort of like, you know, like like out of a whale's mouth, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm like, that just wouldn't make any sense. But then I'm like, wait, I'm watching a cartoon about an alien from another world and a fish man and laser guns, so nothing really has to make sense. But you know, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh so, you know, speaking of just Aquaman in general, I you know, I have to wonder why does the golden age Aquaman appear here, but then modern Aquaman, no pun intended, surfaces in Justice League. Well, I mean,
1: it's the same character, obviously. And you just have to assume he just grew a beard, grew a beard and <laughs> let his hair out. I mean, that, that's all it really comes down to is the character just changed a little. Um,
0: he got I a lot think, more muscular.
1: Good lord, yeah, he did that, too. He did that, too. I, I'm basically thinking that when they did this show, they wanted to stick with the Aquaman that they grew up with. Despite the fact that when this cartoon was being uh, uh, produced, in the comics, the bearded Aquaman with the long hair, and I believe at this point he did actually have the hook hand too, um, which he ends up getting in the Justice League cartoon, he had all that. So I'm just assuming that when they were doing this, they are like, you know what, right now we don't want to work with the character that way. We want to work with the one we grew up with, the one that used to be on Super Friends, the one that used to be in the comics. And I also have to wonder, and I'm like I said, this is me wondering. This is not me reading anything online or in any books. But I'm almost wondering if they gave the network Kyle Rayner so that they could get the old school Aquaman. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. They were like, look, we'll give you this, but you got to give us this. Otherwise, we get to use hail. like, it, like you know what I'm saying. Like, if we would have seen hail, we would have seen the more modern Aquaman. But because yeah. we saw Kyle, we got old school Aquaman. I, again, I, I don't know. It's just me wondering. Because, because seriously, why use the modern Green Lantern or then modern Green Lantern, but not the, 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 the then modern Aquaman? Why? Yeah. yeah, what was up with that? And so, Flash too. There had to be a deal. Yeah, Flash too. There had to be some sort of deal. Me thinks. Um,
0: what are some of your other gripes about this one, though? Um, what happened to all of Luthor's goons that were under the ocean? <laughs> I guess they're all dead. I guess we just yeah. have to assume they're all dead.
1: Speaking of his goons, why does he suddenly have a goon squad with his logo on them? <laughs> He's never had... Metallo no doesn't idea. even have a giant Lexcorp L, you know, pressed into his metal body. But but these guys, they're they're like out of the old Batman show. You know, <laughs> where, where Joker would have guys get dressed up and Riddlerwood I didn't understand why these guys suddenly were around with Luthor with the giant L on their chest. Like, what is going on? Luthor
0: has never been that brazen before. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, he's arrogant, but he doesn't really want his name just thrown around out there as a uh, uh, monogram, I should say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, there's and another thing. Uh, this is just kind of a little mini gripe. Uh, when they're driving around, when Lois and Jimmy are driving around in the uh, the parking lot, Lois is revving her car up, and they're just going through the parking lot, you know, like I don't know, two, three miles an hour. <laughs> and it's you can hear clearly here in the background the, gar- the car going, vroom, vroom. and I'm thinking to myself, okay, either you're burning the hell out of your clutch, or you need to check your timing belt, lady. <laughs>
1: You mentioning Lois's car made me, uh, think about something. I don't remember her driving a stick before. I always thought she had an automatic, but in this episode, Jimmy's struggling with that car. Because yeah, which it's is a pretty stick. funny He even mentions the clutch, so I'm like, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? And then that made me wonder what Jimmy's age was, was, because he flat out says, I only have a learner's permit. Now, of course, I know, not everybody gets their license at 16, something happens, some people don't get it into their 20s, 30s even. They just didn't have to drive, so, but it made me wonder. I'm like, yeah, how old is Jimmy? Is he is is he supposed to be a teenager? Is he in his 20s? I don't know. What did you think?
0: Uh, I get. I just assumed then and there he's 15. Uh, yeah. That uh, that's all I could read from it because I never really thought about Jimmy's age. Truthfully, it never mm-hmm. really popped in my head. Uh, well, how old is Jimmy Olsen? Eh, who cares? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I knew he was younger, but I really thought he was like
1: 18, 19, kind of just. I, I use the term in quotes. The hip, young kid hanging around the the bugle as as an intern or whatever, trying to get some college credit. That's what I always thought he was. Yeah. I never really got the feeling that he was a high schooler, um, but that's what he, that's pretty much what, what what they were going for here. I think, at least in this episode. I don't know.
0: I don't even know if this is a good or a bad episode, just because I was so mm-hmm. distracted by how how bad I thought the animation was. And how, yeah, okay. how and how Aquaman just seemed... It, Aquaman just seemed neutered, really. Because, you know, he's so... Because he couldn't
1: break the chains.
0: Yeah, he couldn't break the chains. He's so thinly drawn. Now, I know mm-hmm. Aquaman's... Uh, the Golden Age Aquaman wasn't exactly a muscle man, but still, he yeah. was just like a stick figure, like me. <laughs> <laughs> well... In truth, it makes sense for
1: Aquaman to be a little on the thinner side. I mean, think about it. The Flash should never be a thick guy because he should have a runner's body. Right. Um, same with Aquaman. He, he should have a swimmer's body, you know, where he's got strong arms and strong legs, and but the rest of them can kind of be just, like, really thinned out. Um, so that didn't bother me so much. In fact, I didn't even really notice his uh, th- the shape of his body at all. I, I, I honestly didn't think the animation in this one was that bad. Um, when Lois and Aquaman break out, uh, when they stop their, the, the assassination on their lives, I loved that fight sequence where Aquaman grabs that guy and smashes his face into the truck and then they run over to the motorcycle and there's the chase on the street and they dive into the sea and I I, that looked great. I thought all of the sea creatures looked really good, um, I thought the ship's at the end, and you know the the sinking ship and the, the design, final battle the design I, I of that ship stuff. is great, yeah,
0: I love that that was uh uh it honestly reminded me of uh the new frontier the mm, at the very mm-hmm. end there yeah
1: yeah i i I really did not have a problem with the way anything was designed or any of the animation um maybe later on I'll go back and rewatch this one. Um, to, to see if I can find what, what you're talking about, but, you know, through this viewing here, yeah, I just wasn't picking up on it. Um, cause I do want to go back and watch this one again because this is one I don't entirely remember seeing before. This is sort of like critters for me. Not in terms of quality, in terms of did I see this one before? Because yeah, I know
0: I'd never seen this one before.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I should have picked up who is in this based on the title, like, duh, it's, that's one of those duh moments. But when Aquaman first appeared, when Lois saw him in the, in the Bacta tank, for lack of a better term, I literally was like, Oh my God, Aquaman. I mean, I, I literally shouted out. Um, thankfully I was home alone. <laughs> Otherwise Jenny would have been like, what's going on? Why is Mike yelling about Aquaman? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really thought Aquaman debuted in the justice league episodes, not here. um, so it was, it was a very pleasant surprise. And like I said, I may have to sit down to watch this one again. Because I, I kind of felt like my opinion on this one is not that different than the first one we, we, we reviewed today, Animal Act. Yeah. In that it's, it, it, you know, I think it's a little better than average. Um, uh, but it could have been better. But at the same time, I don't know how I would have made it better. You know, I think it's a decent introduction for Aquaman. They they set him up as a badass. They really did. He throws the trident at Luthor, you know, kind of trapping his arm. Yeah, um, and he catches that harpoon right as it's about to hit yeah. oh, his heart. <laughs> that was nice. You know, there's there's uh there's th- th- he's got an he's got an army, an entire empire at his command, and they're willing to 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 go to war for him. He did. He doesn't even tell them to fire. But the second his life is in danger, they're like, screw that. That's our leader. Fuck you for trying to kill him. You're going down, humans. You know, so they did a real good job of making Aquaman a very strong, very powerful character in the DC animated universe. Because oftentimes people think of Aquaman as just the guy who can talk to fish. Like, what can you do with that? You know, get him 50 miles away from the, the shore. And what can he do? Talk to your goldfish. Ha, 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 ha. You know, but no, no, I, I... I Again, I, I think they did a great job building him up. But still, the episode is just sort of eh, not bad. It could have been better. I don't know. You know, I, I had fun Remarkably watching. Average. I'd watch it again. I'm sorry. What's that? Remarkably average again. Yeah. 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 Um, now we have to bring up the ship, which we sort of started to talk about earlier. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Earlier, I was talking about how Superman had trouble... Uh, preventing a helicopter from falling out of the sky and he had trouble holding up uh, an overhang um, and how he shouldn't have had those problems because in, uh what episode was that? Ultimate Power? Absolute Power. Absolute Power, that's it. He uh pulled a ship out of a black hole. Well, in this one, he lifts up an entire tanker out of the sea and flies it back to shore. I don't know how much a tanker weighs, but I guarantee you it's a couple of hundred tons, if not a couple of thousand tons. Um, I I know they play fast and loose with the character's powers. I get that. But it would have been nice if there was some consistency with the lead character of the show. Not too much to ask, is it? (laughs) No, it's not. I mean, you can't have him struggling to stop a helicopter which weighs considerably less than a tanker, but he can effortlessly lift a tanker up out of the water. You can't... What? Uh, And and don't anybody write in and give me some malarkey about the helicopter was falling so he just stopped the physics... I don't care if he had to deal with physics or not. Even when you consider the physics, it still weighs less than the tanker did. It's, it's, It's a fact. Absolute
0: fact. Oh,
1: and again, the black hole. You can't yeah. pull something out black of a black
0: hole. That's what oh. for, we'll forever compare this to. Anything, exactly. Anytime Superman ever struggles with anything, we're going to call back to that, that fucking black hole. Yeah, Superman can't. all of a sudden Superman can't open a jar of pickles.
1: But you pull the thing out of a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, again, that isn't a fault of this episode per se. It's a fault of absolute power. Because yeah. they set up something they shouldn't have. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not taking any points off this episode. Again, it's just calling back to, uh, uh, that's how Mike wants to end the sentence. Just with, (laughs) (laughs) um, earlier I had asked, when was last time we saw Metallo. Same question applies here, but for Lex Luthor, I do not remember the last time we saw him.
0: I know it's been so long since we've seen Luthor. I, I was wondering that myself. We, when the hell did we see him last?
1: I'm wondering if it was um the two-part dark side episode where he kind of makes a little cameo just sitting in his office. I've got the list of episodes here. Let me see. Okay, this was a fish story. He's not in Superman's Pale. He's not in Brightest Day. He's not in Absolute Power. He's not in Little Big Head Man. What was Obsession? I don't remember that one. We give it really
0: low scores. That's probably why I don't remember it. Obsession was the uh, Toy Man episode. Okay, he wasn't that? in no, that one. wasn't in that one. He wasn't, he wasn't in wasn't New, New
1: Kids in Town. Uh, he wasn't in Nighttime. No. no was he? No. no. He wasn't in Where There... What was Where There's Smoke? Volcano episode. Uh, he was he in that one? No. 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 Wasn't in that one. Little Girl Lost was the Supergirl episode. Yeah. So it would have been his cameo in Apocalypse oh, Now. Wow. So let's see. That's one... Okay. Uh, uh, there's Apocalypse Now, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight, nine episodes without Lex Luthor. Wow. Wow. That's wow. quite amazing. Yeah. Considering how often he was used before this point, he was like in every other episode, if not every episode. Yeah. Um, and then let's see after this, what's okay. Upcoming. We have unity, the demon reborn
0: and legacy. What's unity. Unity is that horrible, horrible episode where the uh, the preacher looking dude, uh, Like this alien, he's trying to infect everyone into this, and I don't know, like assimilate them into this hive thing. And Supergirl has to basically save the day, and well, she and Superman have to save the day because it it takes place in Smallville, I think.
1: Okay, so we'll assume Luthor is not in that one. Uh, The Demon Reborn obviously is going to be a Rachel Ghoul episode, but is Luthor in that? No. Okay, I'm I'm correct in assuming that's a Rachel Ghoul episode. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's great. And then. Legacy, ooh, is that the one where Superman is brainwashed by Darkseid? That's it. And is Luthor in that
0: one? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he plays a pretty critical role in it, too. Okay,
1: okay. It's been forever since I've seen Legacy. Um So, okay, at least he comes back before the series ends, because as, as much as I didn't mind a fish story, it would have been a shame if this is how he went out before, yeah. you know, we get him
0: again in Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been pretty damn lame.
1: Yeah, it definitely would have. Um, Let's see, what else do I have to say about this one? I don't know if I have any other notes here. I mean, I I guess the only other thing I'll bring up is Superman bursting through the ship while carrying Lois. Like, he couldn't knock on the door. I I understand he's in a rush. He's got to stop those bombs from going off and all this and that. But he just burst right through the ceiling as if it's not going to hurt Lois at all. And, th- and then he does it again. He leaves Lois there and he flies away through the roof. It's like, dude, it might be Luthor. You might hate the guy, but use a fucking door. You're going to hurt someone causing the mess coming down from the ceiling. It's sort of like him throwing...
0: I'm sorry, what? I was going to say, not to mention that he just left Lois with... a tried to kill her numerous times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Lois, don't worry. We're in international waters. Luthor has flat out said that he can do anything he wants
1: out here, but you'll be safe. You'll be safe. Don't worry. They're not going to throw you overboard. They're not going to shoot you in the head. Nothing like that's going to happen. I'll be back in a gym. Who's
0: this? Sure is ugly.
1: It's Merlin's demon, Etrigan.
0: Merlin? The knights-in-armor magician guy? He had his own demon?
1: He summoned it to defend the realm of Camelot, Merlin's home. When Camelot finally fell, Merlin decided to keep the demon in the service of humanity and merge the creature with one of King Arthur's noblemen.
0: Look, there's something on the back of it. It looks like you. You think? And finally up today is the Gotham Knights episode, The Demon Within. Uh, What happens in this episode is Bruce and Tim are going to an auction and... uh, while there uh tim comes across this very creepy child with his very creepy cat and um you know the tim has absolutely no desire to be there whatsoever but this uh very gothic creepy witch boy uh is is thrilled to be there he's by himself and he wants to he's very rich as we'll find out so, uh very soon after this um so they go into the auction room and, and uh there's what's on auction is this uh branding iron that apparently belonged to uh morgan lefay who will actually come into play in justice league and um this of course when having to deal with morgan lefay it has all kinds of powerful magical properties but they don't know this yet Uh, bruce doesn't know this yet but um jason blood an old friend of his is at the auction too and uh he and this very creepy child are b- bidding back and forth for it uh so bruce decides to just outbid both of them <laughs> and give it to give it to jason as uh just a, a a gift really and it was uh and jason is very grateful for this uh because it turns out that the uh the artifact in question has the ability to separate uh separate and combine living beings from uh it could, like, basically rend your soul from your body, is, is what it boils down to. And, um, the, uh, the boy named, I believe his name was Clarion. Uh, Clarion the Witch
1: Boy, yeah. Yeah,
0: he, uh, he sends his pet cat to, uh, Blood's house to steal the branding iron. And, uh, the cat, as it turns out, is actually a demon. And he turns into a cat demon and beats the crap out of Bruce and, uh, you know, puts him in a precarious situation to where Jason, who is now turned into Etrigan, woo, yay, uh, can't has to choose, He has to save Bruce instead of going after uh, the cat demon. So, you know, Etrigan saves Bruce and uh, and Tim from a fire that the uh, the cat demon started, and uh, the cat brings the uh, the branding iron back to uh, Clarion. And Clarion uses the uh, uses the branding iron and a spell to separate Etrigan from Jason Blood. Now, this is especially bad because now is Etrigan under Clarion's control. Jason Blood is rapidly aging because the demon is what kept him alive uh, since the time of King Arthur, and so his, he's he will die within hours, really, if he doesn't mm-hmm. get the demon back into his uh, to resist, resustain his immortality. So Batman goes off to find Clarion and get the iron back while uh, Jason uses his uh, very dwindling strength to help Batman uh, do magical battle with this powerful witch boy. Mm -hmm. And well-animated and incredibly cool hijinks ensue.
1: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's about it. This is one of the episodes that uh, I was really excited about going back to to see if it held up, because this has long been a favorite of mine. Oh, yes. Because it puts Batman against a type of villain that he's not used to. He's used to fighting robots. He's used to fighting thugs. He's used to fighting costumed criminals, the insane. He's even dealt with magic a little, but to date, the magic he's dealt with has been stage magic, because when he teamed up with Zatanna, she wasn't doing her backwards-speaking shtick yet, correct? Right. Right. But now, this is the first time that we actually see him battling the Force's of the, you know, the 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 occult, right. Those that have control of magics, dark magic, whatever you want to call it. And it's neat because Batman is completely out of his element. You know, he can punch someone in the face. He can kick them while they're down. He can throw a rope around them. But when someone can turn themselves into a wolf or a snake or they can make you see things that aren't there or they can play with your body in ways you don't want to imagine... You can't fight that. It's it's nearly impossible to fight. And Batman's ass is saved time and time again by blood pulling the strings in the background. So I really dug the fact that it isn't Batman that's the hero in this episode. I mean, ultimately, he does save the day because he's Batman. But it's blood that allowed Batman to be able to save the day. Um, And putting Batman in a situation that he's not familiar with, and that we, the fans are not familiar with, could fall flat on its face. It's a very big risk, because we're used to Batman being in a certain kind of stories, which I've already outlined. But I think this one pulled off this next step in the evolution of the Batman character and the DC animated universe excellently. They couldn't have done this one any better, in my
0: opinion. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Wow, on the animation. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. That was... Now, and this is an episode, just like Clayface episodes, where you have to have good animation. You can't just mail yes. it. And, uh, again, they pulled it off just extremely well. It was like the Etrigan transformation, especially, and him transforming back into Jason. Um, wow.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite moments, animation wise, was when, um, Batman's fighting Clarion and, all those spikes start coming out ooh, ooh, of yeah. Batman's body. It's nasty, but there's one that looks like it comes out of Batman's shoulder out of his neck. I can't, it happens so quick, I can't quite tell. But if you pay attention, you see Batman's head kind of get cocked to the side. And it's just this little thing where they could have had it come out of his neck or his shoulder and not paid attention to how that was going to affect his head especially since it's only on screen for a blink of an eye. But they, they took the time to actually say, okay, if this is coming out of here, what would happen to the muscles in Batman's neck? And it would cause him to twitch like that. It's beautiful. It's excellent. I mean, the spikes, Batman turning into that tree-like creature, just the, the colors that are used in this one. Like Robin putting down that blue power and then that force field coming oh, up. Oh, yes. and then, and then when Etrigan starts to rip it apart, that looks good. Clarion's powers look great. You know, on Earth you didn't at the show, uh, like in the Is It Wednesday Yet? segment that I do with Desmond Reddick, I've said that I don't like it when uh superheroes just are able to shoot energy beams. And it's, because it's just done for effect, and it's never quite said what those energy beams are. But in this episode, we understand what the energy is. It's magic flying around, and I thought they executed it excellently, excellently, pardon me, at the end when Clarion's. Uh, I think he's kind of got Batman on the ropes, if I remember correctly, and all of a sudden, just this kind of a uh, purple violet beam just comes out of nowhere and just blasts Clarion. Oh, that, it just looks so good, top to bottom, this episode. Might be the
0: might be the one that was animated the best of the three Batman episodes we've done today, I think. Mm-hmm. The Clarion kid, uh you know, he's he's annoying, but he's annoying in a good way. He, he's supposed to be yeah. annoying. He's like this this scrawny little magic user, so I mean it's it makes sense. And he is fucked up. They don't specifically <laughs> say it, but they pretty much imply that Clarion fed his parents to his cat.
1: Yeah, cuz they say he turned him into mice and if he's got a cat that he carries around, what do cats do to mice? I mean, exactly. That's exactly what happened. So,
0: yeah, uh, and at first I was think I I I couldn't remember cuz I haven't seen this episode in uh probably 2 years. I, I watched this when I when I first bought the uh the Gotham Knights uh, DVD set and I watched all the episodes all the way through. And I watched and I loved this episode, but I couldn't remember if uh if Clarion just annoyed me to hell or not, but um He was pulled off really well, except that I don't... What was his ultimate goal? Because all he really did with Etrigan was kind of lug him around and make make him blow shit up.
1: Yeah, that was a little... (sighs) Weird, we'll say. Um, Because, I mean, he is a centuries-old child, but still at heart, he is just a kid. That's why he goes to see what was it called, Devastator 3. Yeah, with uh, Um, Tom Pepper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so he's doing little kid things. He wants ice cream. So, you know, he's, he, he's wise beyond his years, but he still acts like a kid. So what is his plan? Is he just trying to cause anarchy? Is he trying to take over the city, the world? Yeah, it's never said. I kind of got the idea. That he just wanted control over Etrigan and he didn't know what he was going to do with it when he got it. It's sort of like if the, if, uh, uh, the coyote ever caught the roadrunner, what would he do? You know, what, what would he do with it? Would he eat it? He'd eat it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And exactly. It's, it's sort of like if the Joker ever really caught Batman, what would he do to him? He'd kill him, but he, he would realize I can't kill him because then I'd have nothing to do anymore. So he'd just let him go. That's, that's kind of what I thought was going on here. Clarion got what he wanted, and then I don't know what to do. I, I guess I'll go bust up an ice cream truck. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If the episode has any fault, it's that. That it's not clearly defined. Yeah. What his end goal was with Clarion. Because you shouldn't really have to guess. And with this one, you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, minor kind of sort of nitpicks. Like, okay. why did Etrigan cover himself up when he ran into the fire? I mean, he's is a demon, isn't he? Yeah, (laughs) demon, and he spits fire. So I mean, (laughs) oh no, can't get burned. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. He was covering up. He was covering up Bruce and uh, him when he was carrying the fire. But running into the fire, yeah, he did. (laughs) It was just kind of silly. But and the other one uh, happened shortly thereafter. It was why did Etrigan? assault Bruce upon being exorcised from Blood's body. Because at that point, yeah, he's under uh, Clarion's control, but he hasn't been given an order yet. And they clearly state that uh, Etrigan, even though he's under Clarion's control, still hates uh, hates Clarion to no end. Uh, And Clarion even gets him to admit it. You hate me, don't you? Say it! (laughs) So, it's like I just did not understand why Etrigan just assaulted Bruce for no reason. I haven't
1: read all too many uh, demon stories. But my basic understanding, and anybody, feel free to write in and let me know, especially if your name is Desmond Reddick, because um, the demon is a Kirby creation. Hence oh, yes. the reason we see uh, the Kirby cake company yeah. and uh, the uh, the the transformation. At certain points we see little bits of Kirby crackle in the energy and in the transformation. That's why we see all that, because Kirby, uh, Kirby created Clarion and the demon. Um, so Des, of course, would know much about this character, but my understanding is that blood exerts a certain amount of control over the demon. Because at heart he's still a demon. Mm-hmm. So when he was freed from blood's control, he acted like a demon. You know, he might do good things, but he's still a demon. And he's gonna smack someone around, even if that someone he's smacking around is essentially a good guy. Yeah. I guess. That's kind of what I took from it. Um, but I could
0: be wrong. I love seeing, uh, Etrigan period because, uh, when he gets into justice league, he gets even more badass. and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was nice again, this is building more of not, not even so much Batman's, uh, branching out Batman, but Bruce Wayne, uh, because we, they, you know, flat out say that Jason is a good friend of Bruce's mm. from a long time ago. And, uh, now they don't really go into it though, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, you
1: have to assume based on the fact that at the end Batman is able to use a little black magic
0: that he probably did some training with blood back in the day. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's it's a uh, it, you know we know that Batman is one of the most formidable fighters in the world, and you know arguably the world's greatest detective. But it's it's kind of neat that he is even you know somewhat trained in the mystic arts, even though he flat out admits that he hates magic. I was gonna say, how funny was it how Bat- when Batman gets the branding iron from him, he just holds it over his head and he can't get it?
1: <laughs> Give <laughs> that, that back great. to me. Give that back to me. Because <laughs> I love how Batman interacts with Clarion because Clarion starts mouthing off to him. No one's talked to me like that in ages. And he's like, it's a what does he say? It's uh, it's get used to it. What does Batman so. say to him? Yeah, get used to it. Yeah. So he gets all stern with him. And then yeah, he just he just acts like a complete almost like a playground bully. But for the right reasons, to to Etrigan, just by holding it above his head like, you can't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I said Etrigan, I meant uh, Clarion, sorry, Mm. sorry. Um, Now, Clarion never comes back, does he? As you said, Morgan Le Fay comes in, uh, her son comes back. Oh, shit, what was her son's name? Uh, Mordred. Mordred, yeah. They come back, but Clarion doesn't come back.
0: No, Clarion, this is his only appearance. Ah, okay, that's a little he's, bit of a shame. I would like to see him come back. Well, he's referenced in a, in a Batman Beyond episode, but that's oh in the uh, Revenant, huh? huh. It, uh, yeah, Bruce is talking. Uh, I think he's talking to uh, Terry, and uh, he uh, he uh, he talks about how he actually does now. He believes in the supernatural due to uh, uh, his uh, run-ins with uh, zombies and witch boys. <laughs> nice, that's very nice. Yeah, I think. The
1: only thing I would have added to this episode would have been, um, having the demon speak in rhyme. He does r- rattle off one rhyme at the end, but it's a spell. You know, so it's, it's, it's yeah. a little different. But in the comics, depending on who's writing him, he speaks in rhyme. Um, I wish I had some of the comics in front of me to like give you examples of his rhymes, but I think it's a neat, little character trait because you don't see too many characters doing that. Um But I like, you know, like the Riddler. You can only use him so many times because it's hard to come up with good riddles. Yeah. I have to assume that it's not easy to write dialogue, like Look all the of characters
0: hat. dialogue in rhyme all the time. What what about the Mad Hatter? Well, he talks, he talks in rhyme in the uh, in episode Nighttime that we talked about a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. Uh, when he's talking to uh, Superman disguised as Batman and, I have to think there's no way they could just do that with the Mad, even though that is definitely part of the Mad Hatter's character. There's no way they could do that with him. There's probably no way they could do it with the demon because he doesn't talk and rhyme in rhyme and Justice League either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I imagine it's hard as hell.
1: Does the demon ever officially join the league, or is he just sort of like there from time to time? I don't remember. I mean, I know he's in a, a couple of stories.
0: I think but he, I don't he does officially on the team. I have to think he does officially join the league because in one of the JLU episodes, uh, where uh, Shira and Wonder Woman have to go into into Hades to stop uh Felix Faust. Uh he and Zatanna and Doctor Fate are all shown in a room just in agony because all magic users powers have been disrupted and because of Felix Faust uh tampering with uh the 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 running of hell, really. Oh, okay. So I think he did officially join the league. That's weird. That's a weird addition to the
1: league, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Like, oh, who, who should we get on our roster next? I know. How about that guy who's actually a demon from hell? Doesn't pretend he's a demon. No, he's really a demon. <laughs> Let's get him. He brings us don't, experience
0: don't we couldn't get otherwise.
1: Yeah, don't worry. He won't lose control. No one will get a hold of him. Oh, Batman he, he will he keep him under epic. control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, don't worry. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, do you have anything else to say about this one before we get to our scores? No, it's but it, it's just it's a great, great episode, and it's a lot of fun to watch. It is. That's, that is true. Okay, so going back to Animal Act, what do you give that
1: one? Uh, straight Down the Middle, 5 out of 10. I will give that one a 6. Um, as I said before, I might be giving that one a little extra uh, boost there because it's a Nightwing-centric episode. Uh, Superman's Pale. Uh, 3.
0: I will give that one a two. Old wounds. Ten out of ten. I really can't find anything, you know, overly wrong with it at all, really. I got to give this one a nine because that animation, its stiffness gets
1: on my nerves. But I may come back to it when we do our uh, recap of... of. Uh, Superman and Gotham Knights in a couple of episodes. Uh, let's see. What's next?
0: Uh, Fish Story. Uh, I will give that one a 5 out of 10 also. with and uh, like, Going back to that Mad Hatter episode, they were both uh, remarkably average. <laughs>
1: uh, like the Mad Hatter episode, I will give this one a 6. And The Demon Within.
0: I will give that one a 9.
1: Ooh, very nice. I will give this one
0: an 8. I think the my only gripe, again, was... Why, what was Clarion's ultimate goal here? That was my only big gripe, right, yeah. really. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's such a good point. It
0: really is. Um, anyways,
1: uh, you know what I'm pleased about here? Is that we, in this episode, we had, yeah, we had some, you know, a really crummy Superman episode and sort of an average Superman episode. But f- for the most part,
0: we had a really good string of
1: of Batman episodes. Oh, yeah.
0: And we haven't really yeah. had that in Gotham Knights so far. Not not successive great episodes. Right, yeah.
1: I'm going to go back and look at my list here just to see what our scores were. Mm. Um, let's see. Last time we did Critters and Cult of the Cat. Uh, before that, we did do The Ultimate Thrill, Over the Edge, and Mean Seasons. And we both gave The Ultimate Thrill and Over the Edge some good scores. Um, but then before that, we had Love is a Crock and Torch Song... You know, and it's like we've been it's really been uneven. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad to see that we're leading in to a really good stretch here. Again, Animal Act is is just, just okay, but then we've we've had old wounds, we got the demon within, and then oh in just a few seconds I'll announce what's coming up for next week. Oh <laughs> Batgirl. I still can't believe it. How could you keep something like this from me? You weren't exactly honest with me either. But you told him. He knew. It wasn't my place to tell you. But it was your place to put her in danger.
0: It wasn't like that. I volunteered.
1: You think you did. You don't know him like I do. He manipulates, pulls strings, anything to get what he wants. I thought we had the same goals. Things change. I changed. The game's over, Batman. I quit.
0: Robin, wait.
1: Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss two episodes of Superman the Animated Series, those being Unity and the Demon Reborn, and three episodes from Gotham Knights, Legends of the Dark Knight, Girls' Night Out, and Mad Love. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast.